0: Dear listeners, a quick heads up About audio quality here I don't know what we were drinking When we recorded the Dread Possibilities section But it had the loudest ice cubes In the world, so every now and then you're going to hear Some rattling going on. Sorry, we couldn't edit that out Enjoy! The Wonderful World of Dark Lords Attached Notes Hadestown During my time in Olympus, I caught sight of a ferry coming to the shore. A handful of scrawny, underfed indigents ran up to board it, each clutching two coins in their hands. The ferryman took their coins one by one, allowing them to file onto the boat, but shoved one man out with a sneer, tossing what must have been counterfeit coins into the water. Then he pushed off the coast and oared out to sea, vanishing into the mists. Curious, I asked the weeping man who had been cast aside about where the ferry was headed. The tale he told me was a strange one, but stirred memories of legends I had heard in other domains. A caravan in Harakir, a dark carriage in Barovia, a train in Zerissia. All were bound for the mists, and through them for Town, an underground city where work was plentiful for the hungry and desperate. In exchange for a meal, the man told me countless stories he had heard about it. Everybody dressed in clothes so fine, pockets weighted down, but admitted he could not verify them, as no one who has traveled to town has ever returned. As my patron will see, however, I was eventually able to find one exception to this rule, who told me a very different tale.
1: Welcome to Wonderful World of Dark Lords. I'm Tom. I'm Rachel. And we're discussing how to convert Disney movies to Ravenloft Domains of Dread, because the enemy is poverty, sports on Patreon. <laughs>
0: Along the way, we'll look at the Dark Lord, the domain itself, and some plot hooks and adaptation ideas to integrate the setting into your own campaign.
1: Today's episode, Hades Town. <laughs> or as it says in the DMs go write-up, Hades, apostrophe, space,
0: town. You can't copyright Hades. Hades or town. town. <laughs> there was a
1: Hades, and he can have a town.
0: But Tom, that's not a Disney movie. It's not anything.
1: It's not a movie. <laughs> it's not any kind of movie. Like
0: Home Alone was at least a family movie. Yes,
1: owned by Disney.
0: There's a reason this is a bonus episode. Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> so this is a a real departure. I think this is the mm-hmm, biggest mm-hmm. departure we are likely to have at any point. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna do stage play. You want to do Wonderful World of? Broadway, hit us oh, up on Patreon. Oh, Lord,
0: please, please tell me there's a
2: market for Pay
0: them. us our money.
1: Do not tempt me with a good time. <laughs> Pay us money, we'll do wonderful World of oh. Broadway. This was inspired by our planning for our previous episode, Hercules. It helped. We were both kind of getting into Hades Town about uh, six months before mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. this started. We started planning for Hercules.
0: I had heard that it was amazing. I had been meaning to listen to the soundtrack. For literally years. And then we were in an Old Gods of Appalachia game. And one of the other players mentioned that she saw our characters having like kind of a Persephone-Eurydice relationship. And I was like, I need to look up what that is. Because the way to get me to actually like jump off the pot and like get into what I'm supposed to be, you know, getting into is to connect it to a game that I made. Right,
1: that the research, so. yeah.
0: So finally listened to Hades Town. I was like, holy potatoes, Tom, you have to listen to Hades. And this. I
1: listened to Hades Town. I was like, this is really good. All those Tony voters know what they're talking about. Yeah. So we were we were getting into it around the same time as we were like doing the prep in the same like six month period, we were doing the prep for our Hercules episode, which you should listen to, it's great.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And originally we were talking about we were we were planning the outline, and Rachel originally was like, Oh, we should have a sidebar. Where we're like, you sure you could also really easily do Hades Town. That 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 like writes itself. And they're like, you know what, that does write itself. It does write it itself. It does write itself. So yeah, this is too good of an idea and too perfect of an idea for our format to just leave as a sidebar saying figure something out, it's easy. <laughs> So, we decided we would we would follow up Hercules with a very unique bonus episode,
0: because it's like once again, don't threaten us with a good time. We are both really loving just like falling into this glorious Hades town rabbit hole uh-huh. doing all this research. you know, like, yes, we are happy to just have some have a Hades town episode because it means more Hades town, and
1: like heads up, neither of us have seen yes. Hades town. We have listened to the soundtrack. We have read the lyrics. I've watched a couple making of like YouTube videos about people talking about the process, the weird Vermont puppet show version of <laughs> things. And we. I've
0: watched the bootlegs on YouTube.
1: Yes, I've watched a couple of scenes, musical numbers bootlegged on YouTube.
0: I've watched the whole thing, and the main one that is on there, man, that person has a huge crush on Amber Gray. It does not matter who yeah, the main right. character of the song is, that camera's on Persephone.
1: <laughs> so. That's where we're coming at this from. Um, I wish we could see it. That probably would mm-hmm. really help us create the setting yeah. and really inform it. So if you're like, but wait, they totally ignored this thing in the staging. That's why because it wasn't something happening with Amber Gray, apparently. So <laughs> So just please like keep in mind our our understanding of Hades Town is basically like the equivalent of we bought the soundtrack album and yeah. listened to it. Like that's the that, that's our best our best guess.
0: If it is ever touring within two hours yeah. of DC, we will
1: go see yeah. it. But so if you have seen Hades Town and you're like, what about this thing from the stage? And please hit us up on social media. Like please let us do. know.
0: Yes, I want to know as much about yeah, Hades Town yeah. as I can.
1: And hopefully, we'll someday come to this neck of the woods and mm-hmm. we will go see it and maybe go revisit this. Who knows? Yeah. But in the meantime, just heads up. That's what we're going off of.
0: And if you're you know listening to this and being like, I love Wonderful World of Dark Darkness, but I don't know anything about Hadesound, it was it's on Spotify, it's on yeah. you know various music things. Go listen to it. Read the Wikipedia synopsis. Go listen to it. It's phenomenal. It's really good. I think you'll basically know everything that we
1: know going yeah, off of it. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. So we looked at this as a sidebar, and we said this is another kind of iteration pop culture thing people of our generation are enjoying that has a Hades as a mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. main character. But we said, wow, this isn't just a fun coincidence of main characters of Greek mythology. This is also an iteration of Hades that makes a perfect Dark Lord. And let's talk about that in a section we like to call
0: the Lord. The Lord Unsurprisingly, the ruler of Hades Town is Hades. Or rather, Mr. Hades, a Fay Lord of industry, wealth, and power. Once he would spend half the year below the ground in Hades' town with his wife, Persephone, a spring Aladren. When she went above ground, she brought warmth and plenty with her. When she returned to her husband below, the chill of autumn would set in. As time passed, however, Hades became increasingly fearful that Persephone would remain above ground forever. After all, could a spring aladrin ever love him enough to choose him and his underground city over a world of sky and sunlight? Driven by paranoia, he began to call her back to Hadestown earlier, and release her later. Today, the land above Hades Town enjoys perhaps three months of summer before the winter freezes it solid. This of course motivates the desperate and hungry people above ground, to say nothing of those in other domains, to seek out work in Hadestown. In exchange for their labor, Hades offers plentiful food and shelter to his children. However, their failure to return for so much as a visit, to say nothing of Persephone's reluctance to travel below, made me secretly happy for my informant that he could not pay the ferryman.
1: So our Dark Lord for the episode, as is our Dark Lord for the previous episode, is Hades. (laughs) But not just Hades, our Dark Lord here is Mr. Hades. Mm-hmm. Because that is a really, I think, important qualifier. Yes. <laughs> that he is for <laughs> almost every character in the musical. He is always Mr. Hades. Mr. Hades. Mr. Hades is our Dark Lord. They probably know who Hades in general is. They might, if they clicked on this, know who Mr. Hades is specifically. But, Rachel, what is a Dark Lord?
0: Well, a Dark Lord is an evil being who commits some kind of act of ultimate darkness. That causes the dark powers to go Why hello new friend We want to play with you forever And so they pluck that person up And they put them in a domain That is a special hell tailor made Just for them There are really good dark lords There are Malice Scalaris
1: <laughs> and We're
0: going to get into him later
1: Oh boy, <laughs> I don't know
0: who that is You too, but you don't know that you Okey do dokey. <laughs> So we are going to get into the qualities that separate the Strahd von Zarovich's from the Malice Scalarises. We have four that really make for a good
1: Dark Lord. I'm going to pause real quick because I think there's a chance some people are listening to this podcast who don't know much about Dungeons and & Dragons and just like, Oh boy, Hades down! <laughs> I love it! Tell me about it! Just talk about how great it is! And I can nod. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I just, I just want to take a quick pause even more than usual. Yes. Just in case that is you, if you have a nerdy friend who knows anything about Dungeons and Dragons, Mm -hmm. ask them about a guy named Strahd.
0: Yeah, he's kind of like the Dracula of D&D, more
1: or less. And the concept is that some people, like Rachel said, are so evil that in the D&D sort of cosmos multiverse, they get pulled into this kind of little bubble reality. Mm -hmm. And they're sort of the center of the bubble reality, and it's kind of built around them.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: our whole conceit is that Mr. Hades from Hadestown makes a great one of these guys. Mm-hmm. And Rachel's about to say, there's a whole bunch of these little bubble realities in the D&D multiverse. There's a whole book of books of them. Mm-hmm. And we're saying they all have these dark lords, these like central villain figures. And we are going to talk a bit about what, as Rachel said, are four qualities that we think make... The good ones from the guys I don't I've never heard of or have heard of but whose name who are so unmemorable that I don't remember their very silly name.
0: His daddy was a witch.
2: Uh, oh yeah, daddy that guy. Was that there. guy. Uh
0: huh. Yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna get into yeah. him later. Yeah, trust me, he sucks. <laughs> yes, yeah, he does. <laughs> But Strahd does not suck. So Strahd is kind of the Dracula of D D. And the first thing that he does that a good Dark Lord does, well, a well done Dark Lord, uh-huh. an evil Dark Lord.
1: Just just go with it. You know <laughs> that what I
0: mean? Gets them put into this bubble reality is that act of Ultimate Darkness. And in Strahd's case, his younger brother was engaged to marry this woman named Tatiana, and Strahd wanted Tatiana for himself, and so he murdered his brother. So that he could be with Mm -hmm. it. And that was his act of ultimate darkness. That's bad. Our second quality is what in the main Ravenloft source book, Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, they call the torment. Since we're usually a Disney podcast, not in this case. We call it, they got what they wanted, they lost what they had. Uh, Basically the idea that, you know, they kind of got everything that they thought they wanted, but it came with a horrible price that basically like nullified all of that. Mm -hmm. So in Strahd's case, yes. You know, he killed his brother, and he became a vampire, so his brother is out of the way. And he thought that part of why Tatyana didn't want to be with him was because he was too old for her. But now that he's a vampire, he has eternal youth, so that's not an issue. But when Tatyana found out that he had killed her fiancé... She had no interest in being with Strahd, and this creepy vampire was coming after her, and so she ran away from him right off the edge of a cliff. Mm-hmm. fell off the edge of said cliff. And so she died, but not only that, she keeps reincarnating over and over again, and rejecting him in every reincarnation. Uh-huh. So yes, Strahd, you got rid of all the external things that were keeping you from Tityana... But you're still yourself. Mm-hmm. And Tatyana doesn't want you.
1: And never will. And
0: never will. Our third quality of a good Dark Lord is that there's an element of tragedy and relatability. Mm-hmm. They're not just evil for the sake of being evil, there's something about them that makes us wince in sympathy. And, dear listeners, chances are you heard that and you winced in sympathy. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, no matter how horrible an incel straw is... Uh huh the object of his affection does not want him and never will and will continue reincarnating and rejecting him for all eternity that sucks
1: unrequited feelings like that's a good way to give a villain Mm -hmm. a little stab Mm -hmm. of sympathy because that just is such a horrible thing to imagine yeah and like Lucky you, if you've never had that happen personally. cannot draw on personal experience. Most people can. Mm -hmm. I bet you can imagine how that would feel and how just much that would suck. So you're like, you know, you're a monster, but like, oof.
2: Oof, yeah. Oof. And
0: then our fourth quality is the domain reflects the Dark Lord and their curse in some way. So the domain is that reality bubble that they get put into. And in Strahd's case... Basically, he got put into the D&D equivalent of Transylvania.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
0: gothic vampire land. He is a gothic vampire. His domain is gothic vampire land. There's another domain that's like Egypt mummy land. That is not his domain. That does not reflect him. And... Also, the domain reflects his curse because, you know, he killed his brother, thus kind of condemning himself to loneliness by his uh-huh. own choice. And also he's yearning for Tatyana and can never be with her. So, like, part of his curse is that loneliness of never being with her. And the domain is full of all these kind of, like, peasants who are never going to be an intellectual equal are never going to be any kind of, like martial challenge for him. He is always going to be bored. He is always going to be lonely, not just in not having Tatyana, but in his life in general because his domain reflects that curse.
1: So going through, I hope...
0: Real quick, actually, before yep. we go through. Yes. So we've explained that for our listeners who are here for Hades Town oh. and not for Ravenloft. But here I think normally we can like say, right oh, you've already, yes. you know we're a Disney podcast, we've previewed, you've gone and watched the movie on Disney Plus because you're Disney fans. Yeah. There might be a lot of our listeners who aren't familiar yes. with Hades Town, yes. So we should probably talk about that.
1: In the previous episode, we could say, and I think it's a safe assumption, even to you all, maybe new people listening right now, you've all seen Disney's Hercules. Mm-hmm. Or you can with or very you're little at least trouble. are familiar with yeah. it. Yeah. Whereas we cannot say you've all seen Hades Town because we haven't. Yeah. We, seen we Hades have Town, not, yeah. we're y'all, and we haven't seen <laughs> Hades Town. The v- statistical vast majority of people listening to this have not seen Hades Town. Yeah. So Hades Town is a musical. I believe the author is an Is Mitchell. Yes. Yes. Yay. <laughs> uh, go me. So it is taking two sets of related Greek myths. It's most strongly based in the story of Orpheus and Eurydice. Orpheus tr- losing Eurydice to the Underworld, trying to descend into the Underworld to to get her back. And then also Hades and Persephone, which mm-hmm. are characters in that or- Orpheus and Eurydice story, but this is kind of making them co-protagonists.
0: And in the Hades son take on Hades and Persephone, as all of my fellow romance readers will know, <laughs> there are a variety, a the, the huge spectrum from non-con through Dubcon, all the way up to fully consensual Hades and Persephone. Con-con. Con-con, yes. Con, con, yes. Yeah. This is that last one. Yes. Like, Hades saw Persephone, and they locked eyes and fell in love on the spot, and she willingly went down to Hades with him.
1: Mm-hmm. And this is a parallel with sort of that Orpheus loses Eurydice, and we have this kind of cycle of Hades is always losing Persephone as she goes up to the surface world for, for Summer. And the really cool thing about it, the thing that makes all those musical theater nerdy friends you might have buzz about it, is it's actually imagining this in a kind of. I, I read one thing describing it as a halfway between the, the Dust Bowl and the Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. This kind of in 1930s industrial hellscape, Dust Bowl kind of Great Depression setting. Where Hades' town is actually, it's not just the underworld where the dead go, it is this kind of enormous underground city full of factories, because Hades is also that god of wealth.
0: Plutocracy comes from Pluto, the Mm -hmm. Latin name for Hades.
1: So the the writer is spinning that off and really digging into the like wealth and underground and mining and excavating and kind of also making him god of industry. Mm-hmm. So there's all this imagery of Hades town not just being like full of people, but specifically it's huge factories and refineries and power plants, and it's very much the world of industry. Which
0: is great when your wife is an nature. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't <laughs> doesn't go
1: well. So, here it's not that Eurydice is bitten by a snake and dies in a sense of the underworld. It's that in desperation for food, why we'll I will talk about in a moment, she signs this contract to come be a worker in Hades' town. But it's like you're trapped there. Once you sign the contract, once you get on the railroad and go down into the tunnel and to the end of the line, you are just stuck in Hades Town forever, and eventually, kind of, you know, uh, Greek underworld, Lethe style. You even sort of lose your memories and just become this kind of worker bee mm-hmm. in this giant hive of industry that is Hades Town. And part of the reason she's so desperate for food is that in this story, to kind of draw that the, some of the parallels with Orpheus and Eurydice, and this actually bringing it back uh-huh. to that first quality of a good Dark Lord, our act of ultimate darkness. In this story, Hades keeps getting Persephone earlier and keeping her longer. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of lines about how there's never fall or spring anymore. It's just like nine months of winter and then three months of summer. And during summer, when Persephone's up above, there is still abundance. There is still crops. There is still joy. There is still life. But times are getting harder and harder and harder. And it's very much going for a environmental climate change kind of e- once again dust bowl eco apocalypse mm-hmm. that the world is just is dying mm-hmm. because the king of the underworld is holding sort of life. The industry is sort of devouring life and devouring nature, and that's why there's so much starvation, there's so much hunger, and why Eurydice agrees to go work in Hades town, which is one of the few places you can like get a steady job and like you know three yeah. hot three three hots in a cot. <laughs> so that is our act of ultimate darkness is keeping Persephone, is breaking the deal, is getting her early, keeping her long. She's supposed to be up top six months out of the year. Now it's only three months out of the year. And the reason we're making that our act of ultimate darkness is it's not the worst thing he does. Like Hades does a lot worse stuff mm-hmm. in the play and in the backstory of the play. <laughs>
0: Just making Hades sound itself is pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty
1: bad. And like the way the happens to the workers and the way he treats the workers and all that is, is pretty bad but the reason this is his act of ultimate darkness is because this is breaking his own moral code. Like, Hades is kind of the god of industry. I read one review that described him as the boss of bosses. That's mm-hmm. part of why he's Mr. Hades, because he's the boss of bosses, and he's just the kind of, like, capitalist jerk who would be all a contract is a contract is a contract.
0: It's more or less exactly what he says when Orpheus comes. Yes, like, yes. Like, not, th- those aren't his exact more words, but that's the gist. When Orpheus comes to get Eurydice, see It's like, no, I can't let her go. A contract is a contract is a, a contract. contract. She signed it.
1: Like, I didn't hold a gun to anyone's head. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it hypnotize anyone or drug anyone. Every single person down here willingly and knowingly signed this contract. But he has broken his own contract. Mm-hmm. He had this deal with Persephone, but he is increasingly breaking that deal. And so even in his own sort of hyper-capitalist moral code, that's a violation of that moral code.
0: It's kind of, if you've listened to our Jungle Book episode, what we were talking about with Shere Khan, of the Shere Khan's done a lot of awful things, but his act of ultimate darkness is breaking the law of the jungle. Right,
1: was, was killing just for sport. Mm-hmm. And same thing here. This is even violating not just general morality, but his own morality. So that's our act of ultimate darkness. And there's a bit of icing on the darkness cake. It is leading to an apocalypse in the mm-hmm, upper world. Mm-hmm. And once again, and a wonderful commentary on some, some capitalist industrial issues, that's leading so many of the workers to desperately join Hadestown. It's, it's his fault. He is creating the conditions of desperation that are driving people to accept these horrible contracts and these horrible deals. Yeah. But... For him, way worse than that. For his morality is breaking his deal with Persephone. Now, our torment.
0: I'm bringing the lyrics. Yeah, the tree, here right? we go.
1: So, our torment. They got what they wanted. They lost what they had. In theory, they get everything they wanted, but they are miserable. Everything is worse than it was before. It's a critical point with these these dark lords. Is that they always end up being more miserable than they were before mm-hmm. they did this act of ultimate darkness? So maybe like Orpheus could tell us, yeah. what his torment
0: is. So are are, are people who have listened to Hades' son? Uh-huh. You're like jumping up and down in your seats right now, right? Are people who haven't listened to Hades' son one of the things I love with it? So you've got you know just like with the myth Orpheus, you know Hades asks him, okay, well if you're gonna take your ida you have to sing me a song
2: first, mm-hmm.
0: and Orpheus sings the song, and it's always an issue with these kinds of stories where someone like has the best piece of music in the whole wide world.
1: Mm-hmm. Rent,
0: <laughs> rent, yeah, where yeah, his song is not as good as One Song Glory. Not worth
1: five years of your life.
0: No, One Song Glory was better, man. Yeah. Just go with that. But but so, so sometimes it's anticlimactic. But the great thing with Hades Town is it is a heat-seeking missile guided directly at yes, Hades. Yes, yes. So even if you don't like this song. Hades does because it's just for him. Uh huh. And it's about how he used to be just a man in love with Persephone, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: but has kind of lost himself and has, you know, created Hades Town. But in making Hades Town, he's lost Persephone, and we, Orpheus, gives us our torment. Yep. What has become of the heart of that man now that the man is king? What has become of the heart of that man now that he has everything? He got what he wanted. he, right. he got what he wanted. The more he has, the more he holds, the greater the weight of the world on his shoulders. See how he labors beneath that load, afraid to look up and afraid to let go. So he keeps his head low, he keeps his back bending. He's grown so afraid that he'll lose what he owns. But what he doesn't know is that what he's defending is already gone.
1: Yes, that's ah, so good. As part of the greatness of this show is that we have a deep sympathy for Hades, who is our villain of Mm -hmm. the show and is a real terrible person by a lot of metrics. Mm -hmm. But there's this deep sympathy with recognizing the kind of misery and emptiness at his heart and not just in terms of the show, but the idea is that's what makes Orpheus able to reach him is that Orpheus also feels this deep empathy for him as an artist and recognizes the emptiness inside of him. So he is jealous, and lonely, and paranoid. And when persephone leaves he's miserable he misses her so much and,
0: and he's, he's terrified she won't come He's
1: terrified she won't come back he's jealous you know he has a line about he he pictures his lover in the arms of the sun and the jealousy moves within him black and cold and he's terrified she won't come back so he's holding her tighter and tighter and tighter and making her more and more miserable like uh,
0: no, holding her tight are all great. Yeah, that'll
1: be great, right? That, that'll end well forever. And just causing her to pull away. So, yes, technically, she's in Hades Town longer in the year, like nine months out of the year instead of six months out of the year. But she doesn't like Hades Town. She hates Hades Town. <laughs> so she's like more and more and more and more miserable and resentful. And he is grabbing tight to her, but that's pushing her away at the same time. So he has what he wanted, which is Persephone around more. But he lost what he had, which is Persephone not hating him.
2: Yeah,
1: that's so good.
0: Persephone, it's so perfect. He's lost Persephone's love.
1: Yes, yes, he has Persephone, but he's lost her love. Ugh. Element of tragedy and relatability. That noise, those noises we were just making, right? <laughs> and that that deep tragic paradox of their relationship of this couple, where it's sort of like Persephone deeply loves him mm-hmm. in this version, but she hates Hades' town, and she was like willing to do what happened. It was like the compromise they mm-hmm. came up with. And he's breaking that compromise, but it's because he's so afraid and insecure and jealous and paranoid and they truly love each other, but I think we can all imagine that just flailing treadmill of the relationship is starting to fray so one of the parties is just getting clingier and clingier and clingier and, mm-hmm. and it's just making everything worse like yes. these the actions Hades is taking to hold Persephone to him are what is driving her away and that is just deeply profoundly classically tragic
0: and even just that she's so miserable in Hades town that when she's there all she does is drink so he doesn't even have her real self yeah
1: yeah yeah like He doesn't even enjoy the time he has with Mm -hmm. her. And this goes beyond Persephone, this is the thing we're going to talk about a bit more, but the idea is this is sort of his fundamental dilemma of his whole approach to his kingdom. That he, he wants control because he's afraid. He's afraid of losing his wife, he's afraid of losing his kingdom, so he wants tighter and tighter control over those things, but of course that Endangers it. Like the, mm-hmm. the tighter he squeezes his hand, the more slips through his fingers.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: he's as miserable as anyone in Hades Town. Mm-hmm. He is as hardworking and exhausted. You know, he is not a kind of evil rich boss who's sitting on a beach sipping tropical drinks and being fanned with palm france. He is like working himself to the bone every day to keep all the balls in the air and just to keep everything under his thumb. And so he's as... That line that his ben- he bends his back. That's that's ref- how they refer to the workers a lot. This idea of, no, he's as trapped as they are.
0: The more he has, the more he holds, the greater the weight of the world on his shoulders. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Oh, so good. Okay. there's a reason we had to do this. Yeah, here. right. There's a reason we had to do this.
1: So finally, our fourth quality, the domain reflects the Dark Lord's personality or curse. It's Hades' town. Yeah. It's the town of Hades. So there, check. <laughs> I mean... The end. Yeah, Strahd. It's not called Strahd-Sylvania. His... <laughs> His land. <laughs> it should
2: be, though. Yeah,
1: right? Yeah, the town symbolizes... So it's good writing. Mm-hmm. So the external of Hades' town is a reflection of his inner self. Yeah. And that's what all of these reality bubbles are called domains that they all are supposed to be. These kind of reflections of the inner self of the Dark Lord. So this strahd is <laughs> the reflection of the inner self of Strat. And in this case... Just that's oh, so good. I don't even start. There's a, a really good song, and it's Persephone complaining about how like it's so hot, it's so bright.
0: This was the one I, I started listening to Hades tone first, and this is this is Chant One, and I got to Chant One, and I was like, Tommy, you have to listen to this. Tom, right come
1: out! <laughs> I was like, Gosh dang! Wow! Wowzers! Wowzers!
0: Tom loves a driving backbeat. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do.
1: What can I say? So he's built this, like, industrial <gasps> hellscape or something he described as a neon necropolis, mm-hmm. and it's this kind of combination of, like, a coal mine and 1950s Detroit and, like, Times Square. And Las heard, Vegas. And Las Vegas. I heard someone describe it as... I didn't make the connection. It was right, right made this connection that he sort of built this false simulacrum of, like, spring or summer. Like, it's hot, it's bright, it's like this false parody of the upper world but it's not because
0: and- Persephone comes and she says Yo, in the coldest time of year why is it so hot down here in the darkest time of year why is it so bright down here mm. and Hades says oh lover you were gone so long lover I was lonesome and so I built this place more poetically than that, obviously. It's right, yeah. getting into all the ways he built it. He made this bright, warm place like spring, like uh-huh. Persephone. Like, the, like what she wants. She is missing her, mm-hmm. and he wants to make this place that reminds him of her.
1: And then maybe she'll be happier here now that yeah. it is bright and warm, like mm-hmm. summer. But it's just making her miserable. And she hates it more and more every time she comes.
0: Because, you know, who wouldn't want to go to Las Vegas instead of being in the sunlight? Yeah,
1: like, yeah. <laughs> But so he has this false spring. There's the line you're gonna hear again, mm-hmm. where it says, "Everyone and everything in Hades Town, I own." That he has this controlled. <laughs> yeah.
2: Excuse
1: me. <clears throat> He's made this controlled society. He owns everything. He possesses everything. That that desire for control, that safety, and that fundamentally, he has he has a line later. I keep saying that. I'm um, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I know. The, I... the
0: lyrics are so yeah. good, guys. There's. So... <laughs> I know, I know. Dusty Purple always has on the bingo cards for the uh-huh. episodes, it's so bad, you guys. Hades time is the opposite. It's nonstop. We're just, gonna be it's so good, so you guys. Good. It's
1: so okay, good. like I'm trying to say if you're a listener of ours and you're thank you for joining us on this journey and you have it and it's you so were just like, time, I hear that's so good. good. Like maybe I'll listen. Well, I'm sorry, this is not gonna be easy to follow. Like,
0: yeah, I'm sorry. It's this it's, is not
1: for you, really. It's so good. Listen to the soundtrack. It's,
0: it's so good, guys. It's so, so good.
1: <laughs> that he he's saying something about how, like, women are fickle and women's hearts are fickle, and he's, you know, Orpheus is a singer, and he's saying something about trading the music for, like, a new music, and that's the music of machinery. Also, we're going to hear that line again. Mm-hmm. And fundamentally, that's what he wants. He wants this machine,
2: mm-hmm. because a
1: machine is absolutely ordered, absolutely controlled, absolutely predictable, a machine that's never going to push against him. He's going to have absolute control. And even the idea that in Hades Town, that's what he wants his people, his workers to be. He wants them to basically be cogs in a machine. Mm-hmm. So even like you go to Hades Town, you sign the contract, and yes, you have food, you have shelter, you have this material comfort. All your material needs are met, but you never stop working mm-hmm. and you kind of start, start to lose your memory and your identity. In Eurydice, she forgets her own name. She forgets Orpheus's name. She forgets almost all of her life. Except there was this person that loved her, and like that would go away in time. Like she mm-hmm. would forget that eventually, because fundamentally, what he wants are like robots. Yeah, he wants people who exist to be cogs in the machine, and that is the perfect society for Hades. Mm-hmm. Is a giant machine of work, and mm-hmm. that work is just producing.
0: Because, and again, going back to the Domain Reflect of the Dark Lord, in case we've lost the thread of that, because he wants control. Yes. And because his active ultimate darkness stemmed from wanting to control Persephone. Mm-hmm. Just, it's all about control. But at the same time, even kind of like going back to what we're talking about with Strahd, he's miserable. Yes. He's lonely. He's even like, there was, you know, there's, there's a thing in... The, the musical where he's kind of like, to begin with, he's seducing Eurydice. Mm-hmm. And it's to make Persephone jealous. Yeah, he does, yeah. She means nothing to him. He says as much. But he never will be able to have a replacement for mm-hmm. persephone even if he actively started looking for one because they're just going to turn into worker bees on yeah, it yeah. because that's what happens when you have ultimate control and you have robots is that's what they are they're the, like he's just they're he's, robots yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> so oh,
1: and, and yeah if so he wouldn't so good. if persephone were like if he were able to get that kind of control over persephone then he wouldn't love her anymore mm-hmm. like that's the thing is he loves her because of who she is but who she is he can't control who she is and ah that's good okay we're just going to forever. so Mm -hmm. So, okay oh uh,
0: please please listen to our guys
1: (laughs) so in the dungeons and dragons book where it gave these these reality bubbles these domains these different dark lords there would go through the dark lord that's who the dark lord is that was our very very long wind up to Mm -hmm, that like mm -hmm. one sentence fragment that's in (laughs) the in the write-up and they go through a couple other things and one is, it says, the, what are the basic stats they use? And uh, this was weird. There's not like, God of the Underworld, Artificer. No. I picked the Winter Eladrin mm-hmm. because it is a kind of very powerful, like, fairy elf creature that is a kind of... Associated spirit of winter, they're associated with winter, so that's got a good connection to Hades right there. And they've got ice power, which also fits Hades. They have a power called icy rebuke, which fits Hades very well. Mm-hmm. Like you attack them, get... who the they get, hell do you think you They can kind of do that and do actually do damage to you. And uh, with same thing, if you need to stab Persephone, I would do a spring eladrin mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. And also with the summer eladrin, they're more like just straight. Joy, but the Spring Aladrans are the one where they're sort of like a euphoria, which was very much fitting Persephone. Mm-hmm. So, like a lot of their like spells are magical effects about making, making people feel this like euphoric joy, like almost like madness of joy, and are
0: living it up on top, living
1: it up on top. Okay. There's dancing and hollering and having a great time. Other powers he has as domain lord. First, he has a lot of goons. Mm-hmm. He has a supernatural control over the people he owns, his workers, and this is not like a charm ability. This is just straight up Dominic. This is straight up, he yeah. can he can just cast pretty much at will, dominate person, mm-hmm. command, like things like that. He just orders them and they have to obey and they don't get a saving throw. Mm-hmm. If they've signed this contract willingly, which is connected with our other thing, once you sign the contract, anyone who willingly, knowingly signs a contract to come work for him in Town is now under his control. They get no saving throw over his his command abilities. He's doing modify memory to remove anything not useful to him, any memory that does not make them a good worker. Mm-hmm. And it's a wisdom saving throw, but the DC goes up. So this idea of no eventually you lose it. And if you have yeah. a very strong will. Like, you're to to you hold on to it longer than some people.
2: Mm-hmm. And there's
1: some things you might be able to hold on to when other things are gone. But eventually, if you're there mm-hmm. long enough, you're going to forget everything about who you are.
0: You'll look like that too, someday. Yep. Yeah. This generally is just, you know, for making them be worker bees. Mm-hmm. But if anyone does come into Hades town then he can also make them show what happens to trespassers who have yep. no respect for property. Well, a
1: random group of people will just turn around and start beating the heck mm-hmm. out of you if he commands it.
0: If your best friend is in Hades town, he commands it. Your best friend will start beating,
1: we'll start the, heck start beating the, heck the heck out of you. Also, to quote quote Princess and the Frog once with uh, God they want to lost they hat. and another another quote we've come up a couple times. The real power in this world ain't magic, it's money and Buckets he is it. tight. Panically wealthy, he is the god of wealth. Mm -hmm. He is the god of industry. Whatever problem-solving tool he needs that wealth could give him, he has access Mm -hmm. to. So just titanically, olympically wealthy. Literally. Literally. Just just mountains of money. He owns everything. Mm -hmm. Seems like he owns everything. (laughs) He owns everything. Everyone works for him. He just sits on giant dragons' hordes of wealth.
0: King of silver, king of gold.
1: Yep. And then all of our dark lords have this one shared power, which is called closing the borders. They have this domain, this reality bubble, and the idea is they can close the borders so people can't go in, or most importantly, they can't go out, which is basically a plot device Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. the DM to be like, no, you can't just leave Transylvania because, you know, wouldn't you, wouldn't you, if you were Mm -hmm, like, oh, mm -hmm. wow, we're in Dracula's Transylvania. When does the train arrive to take us out of this horrible Mm -hmm. place? Why don't they just leave the haunted house? And the answer Mm -hmm. is, they supernaturally can't. Yeah. So... We are imagining that closing the borders is a huge storm. That we have that storm that drives Eurydice, sort of to Hades. That is a storm that represents the wrath of the gods. It kind of, the storm is the, the tension, the clash, the anger, the hatred between Hades and Persephone. And mm-hmm. all of that raw power of two gods in conflict with each other surrounds the borders. He also has a kind of a sub-border thing, which is Hades Town.
0: Because when we're talking about his domain, it's like there's Hades' town itself, like the town that's under the ground where he has control over all the uh-huh. worker bees. But there is also kind of the above ground where the people live who are kind of caught in the crossfire of uh-huh. this fight between Hades and Persephone. Like basically where Orpheus is, where Eurydice was before she went down yes, into Hades. That's part. part
1: of this reality bubble.
0: Yeah. So for for that like for that wider domain. That's Everything right. It's, the storm is closing the borders. Mm-hmm. For for Hades Town itself, there's it's
1: it's there's the only way in is this train. When he controls the train and he mm-hmm. controls the gates, like if he shuts the gates, there's no way in. And the only way on the train is a ticket. Mm-hmm. So you have to get a ticket. You have to buy a ticket or get a ticket from him or someone working for him or sign a contract to get a ticket. That's the only way to get on the train. The train's the only way into Hades Town under the ground. However. There is a back way he can't control. This is what Orpheus does, right? It this is the midnight.
2: walking, Jack.
1: Yeah, this is, there is this very, the series of tunnels. You can go, it's very long, it's very dangerous. There's no map, there's no compass. You just sort of need to follow the thread through this labyrinth. But he can't close that.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's important because it represents the lack of control. Yeah, and he knows it. Like he knows people can get in, and he can't stop them. And that is a huge itch in his brain.
2: Mm-hmm. That
1: he can, he can he can put as many guards, he can put as many monsters as he wants, as many cerebuses as he wants. Mm-hmm. But fundamentally, he can't completely lock his Hades town as like a closed circle
2: mm-hmm.
1: that only he has the keys to. Well, by the way, you, I heard I said guards. I said monsters. I said labyrinth. I hope you're hearing our D and D listeners. Fantastic dungeon. Like, this yes. is this is the dungeon portion of our program. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is the dungeon, the literal dungeon dive, mm-hmm. and it even is your classic. They enter and they have to get to the bottom level yeah. it's where the boss fight is. Well, we'll
0: get into this more later, but mm-hmm. it's the whole like obviously, you know, when Orpheus is singing the song to to Hades to try and convince him to let Eurydice go. That's going to be a social encounter. Yeah. But you can absolutely have this be this combat task. Yeah,
1: right. (laughs) Journey. Cerebuses is everywhere. Uh Cerebi. (laughs) However, he can't stop people from getting in. But like in the mythology, you can only leave with his permission. You can only leave, especially if you signed a contract. It doesn't Mm -hmm. even matter if you're Eurydice, Orpheus comes and grabs you and says, follow me, I know the way out. No, you can't leave. You can only leave if you are one of his people, you've signed a contract, you've eaten the pomegranate, you can only leave with his permission. Mm -hmm. The final thing in our description focusing on Hades, Mr. Hades, our Dark Lord, in the write-ups of these domains, gives the Dark Lords and then describes what they call their role playing trait, their ideal, their bond and their flaw. And their role playing trait is I am the dungeon master. What is a little clue that will help me role play this character interact with my PCs? The ideal is the principle that guides them. Bond is what's the thing that's most important to them. And then flaw is what it sounds like. It is the yeah. what is the character flaw that is going to lead them to like mess up and make mistakes and be exploited.
0: And sometimes with this, we kind of, like, one of us will come up with a list of a whole bunch of possible quotes that could go into these categories. Other times we have a case, like, with Nightmare Before Christmas, where, like, every line, Jack Skellington says what he's feeling at all times. And there are just way too many quotes. This was one of the latter.
3: Oh, gosh.
0: And normally for cases like that we each come up with one quote for trait, one quote for ideal, one quote for bond and one quote for flaw and we kind of like debate them. Mm-hmm. We couldn't do that with Hades Town. No, we, we had to each not. come up with two because there are too many good uh, so quotes. many good oh, cuz well written
1: literature. So yes. it really well expresses uh, who this character is and there's a lot of interconnection between things like his ideal and his flaw and his bond cuz mm-hmm, he's a well written character. Mm-hmm. So We'll Start with the role playing trait, which once again is sort of if I'm a dungeon master, my PCs have taken the, the dungeon to Hades Town, they're coming face to face with Mr. Hades. What quote is going to guide me in role playing him? And I had two things here, mm-hmm. and my two things, if, if you're okay, if I just jump in and start, yeah, my two things are based on the fact that there's kind of two modes Hades could take,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I know which one I'm leaning toward in terms of interacting with with player characters, with the players. But here's my quotes I have: "Who the hell do you think hmm. you are? Who the hell you think you're talking to?"
2: Nice.
0: And that
1: is like coming on strong. Don't give me any 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 nonsense, any
3: guff.
0: I actually, if, if I could, if I could pick, yeah. I, have, I have one that's in a very similar mode, which is and from the same song. Uh-huh. Um, you're not from around here, son. Don't know who the hell you are, but I can tell
1: you don't belong. Ooh, that's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah, and then. This is him in seducer mode. This mm-hmm. is him in charm mode. Hey, little songbird, you got something fine. You'd shine like a diamond down mm-hmm. in the mine. The choice is yours if you're willing to choose. Like, this mm-hmm. is him. This is the charm offensive of Hades, right? Mm-hmm. This is if he's trying to charm the PCs mm-hmm. in assigning the contract. That's, that's what it would be, I think. The quote that would go with that.
0: I once again same song, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I had a different tack on it, which is uh, it's kind of like the not so much what the trait he's presenting is, as kind of what his actual trait is, which uh-huh. is kind of just the, you know, he's the boss of all bosses uh-huh. and he's awesome and he is, as they say in TV tropes, a magnificent, b- bastard, uh-huh. but he's also kind of a harried pencil pusher. Uh huh. So I had. I'm a busy man and I can't stay long. I got clients to call, I got orders to fill, I got walls to build, I got riots to quell, and they're giving me hell back in eight. Oh, this
1: is so hard. I uh, know, right I got oh. three more of these things to do. <laughs> Alright. My impulse mm-hmm. is the like aggressive. Yeah, mine too. Because I think players being players. They're gonna be like jerks mm-hmm, They're mm-hmm. gonna be like Hey you You can't tell us what to do
3: We're yeah. lost, da, da. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, They're rude Or like Good Hades Town He's just stupid
3: yeah, um, yeah And
1: so I think hes They're gonna much more Even if he's being like Charming at first The, the immediate trigger of, of the Who the hell do you think you are Yeah So uh, Okay Who the hell do you think you are Who the hell you think you're talking to
0: Versus You're not from around here son Don't know who the hell you are But I can tell you don't belong what do you think? As I love who the hell mm-hmm. do you think you are. And that's that's one that when we're talking about Hades, we quote that a lot. Yeah. We're talking about his personality, which, you know, really makes me lean toward that from the trait. But I, oh, I do love the don't know who the hell you are, but I can tell you don't belong. It's the kind of like, it's not just the aggressive mode is also the right. possessiveness yeah. so this is my place. Okay, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, what's what's the first line I'm writing um, it down here for you are not lot.
0: from around here, son. Don't know who the hell you are, but I can tell you don't belong.
1: All right, so that is our that is our role playing trait. Okay. Ideal. Mhm. Feel like you're going to giggle cuz you see some, some things in common. Mhm. So I've got a kind of two same basic idea, mm-hmm. same basic thing that's guiding his actions. But it's two different spins. Mm-hmm. And one is the focusing on Persephone.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's the when he's arguing Persephone. So he's like, Persephone, you don't like what I'm doing. I'll give my love to someone else. I'll find someone else. Someone who could love these walls and hold her close and keep her safe and think of them as my embrace. Mm-hmm. Because once again, that's his pitch right yeah. that's that's his version of this story everything i'd love to have the quote the i love her everything i do i do for the love of i have, have yeah. that a
0: possibility for bond yeah yeah, yeah.
1: But i love that the whole thing Spoiler. But <laughs> that's that's his pitch is his his if he were defending himself he would say my walls are safety they are security that's what i'm doing that's what i'm giving persephone that's what I'm giving to the people of Hades Town, to my, you know, my children. I'm giving them safety. I'm giving them security. Mm-hmm. And that means I have to be hard sometimes. I have to be a tyrant. Mm-hmm. But it's for their own good. Mm-hmm. That these walls, these, they hold her close and keep her safe and think of them as my embrace. And even he calls them my children. He would say, yeah, yeah. you know, they are my children and I am taking care of them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good.
1: And my other one is the give them a piece. They'll take it all. Show them a crack, and they'll tear down the wall. Lend them an ear, and the kingdom will fall.
0: I had that as a possibility for flaw. Yes, I could see that because it's the whole. This the rigidity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't give even an inch. Yeah. Because if I if I give a piece, they'll take it all.
1: Right, and and I picked ideal because once again, I think that would how he would explain it. He mm-hmm. would say, "This is why I have to be the way I am yeah, because otherwise, yeah. everything will fall apart." Like, yeah, if I if I give them an inch everything will collapse.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. What do you got? I had for ideal, I had the uh, young man, you can strum your lyre. I have strummed the world <laughs> in a yeah, liar. Young man, you can sing your ditty. I can talk to the electric city. city. Like, I, I had to put That's an accent on the electric city, but it was really for the I have strung the world in wire. Yeah, they're like this is this is what I have done. I have strung the. You can strum your lyre, you can have your music, but I have strung the world in wire. I have made the world safe. I have made mm-hmm. the world contained.
1: I've given it and, power yeah, and luxury and and
0: control and order. That's really good. And then the other one. And you you have to have this somewhere because yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's now I sing a different song yes. What I can depend upon a simple tune a steady beat the music that's the my scenery. flaw
2: mm.
1: that is that is actually yes that is that is my flaw and as I think my best can my my strongest candidate for flaw mm-hmm. is that one Be- I
0: I had it, I had it for ideal because that you know it's yeah. what he can depend upon yeah. is, it's the thing that he wants.
1: Ah, it's so hard.
0: I love, I love that one of your ideals is my flaw, and right. my ideals is
1: your Which, flaw. Which says- gets good writing, <laughs> like the, the consistent characterization.
0: So I think let's let's put a pin in that for right, now because okay. ah. I, like, I feel like we that, that means we got to use both those quotes. We're just going to yeah. decide where we're going to put them.
1: Okay. So. so then Bond. Mm-hmm. Everything and everyone in Hades Town, I own. Yeah. But I only buy what other shoes to sell. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, You got that? I have that. Yeah. Up. Okay. I,
0: I, I was, I was debating between Bond and Flaw, but it was yeah, in Bond, yeah.
1: yeah. Because that, once again, is his, the, the, this is why it matters, this is why Hades, this is the most important thing outside of myself, is the Hades town which I possess. Yes. And even has the sort of his version of morality of, I only buy what others choose to sell. Yes. Say. Like, everyone here has signed a contract, Mm -hmm, has agreed to mm -hmm. work for me, and that is what matters. Yeah. And I have, because we have and they have not, my children, my children, because they want what we have got. That's why we build the wall. We yes. build the wall to keep us free. <laughs> so good. And I love this is a hundred percent my take on the character anyway. This mm-hmm. is a hundred percent what he believes. Mm-hmm. Like he is so. not putting on a bit for mm-hmm. the workers. Mm-hmm. He believes the wall keeps us free.
0: Yeah. I, I would almost say that more is ideal for that for okay. that reason. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. My my other bond was love for everything I do, I do it for the love
1: That's of you. really good. Yes. Everything I do, I do it for the love of you. But I, I
0: do think I do think everything and everyone in Hades Town I own because in his heart of hearts, that includes Persephone. Yes,
1: exactly. Like he, exactly. He
0: believes he believes that he
1: owns her. <laughs> she's in Hades town. She's
0: in Hades town, and he
1: wants her in hate to not be not in Hades mm-hmm. town because she's in mm-hmm. Hades town. He owns her.
0: I, I also considered it for flaw okay. because I'm cool with that for Bond then.
1: Yeah. yeah, okay. Because it's tricky because we like obviously the most important thing is Persephone. Yes, but. All of his everything is connected with his attitudes toward Persephone, like his mm-hmm. attitude toward everything in Hades Town, and mm-hmm. everyone in Hades Town is wrapped up in his psychodrama with his wife.
0: Yeah, yeah. Actually, I have mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna throw a new contender okay. into the ring because I did have a positive for for flaw. You know mm-hmm. there was to give a piece he'll take it all, show him a crack that I don't etc. And the other thing I had for flaw, I considered for Bond mm-hmm. something for Persephone. Um, if you want to hold a woman, son, hang a chain around her throat made of mini-carrot gold, shackle her from wrist to wrist with sterling silver bracelets.
1: I that is a flaw. Too. Yeah, yeah, I that is a flaw too.
0: Yeah, because I, I feel like that's also his bond. It's his bond to Persephone. It's yeah, well, yeah.
1: Okay, I like that. Okay, yeah. yeah, and that that kind of especially with the understanding that that's. Kind of his attitude toward all this people, too. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: But he's
1: also kind of giving them the chains of gold. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, he is.
1: Yeah, yeah he like, totally is. He's giving them. Con- there even is a thing about like when per- Eurydice is thinking of to Hades Town, she's like, oh, Hades Town, everyone wears nice clothes, mm-hmm. everyone eats good food, mm-hmm. everyone like. And that's his thing is that got sort their of chains the chains of gold. The chains of, chains
0: gold, of yeah. yeah. Oh, That like, like it, yeah. it's the shackle. Oh, I didn't think about that.
1: Hang a chain around her throat made of many carat gold. And then mm-hmm. he's got like. They're in chains, but the chains are like secure. They're not on luxury, mm-hmm. but they're security yeah. and stability and material, you know, comfort. Mm-hmm. If not luxury, then at least comfort.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Bond. Okay.
1: Okay. Cool. So we have left the. Uh,
0: the ideal and the flaw. The ideal and the flaw. And it's either gonna be, the simple tune, steady beat, music of machinery. Give them a piece; they'll take it all, or everything and everyone in I sonaion. Those are our. Oh. Mm. Okay, yeah, I Why have, This is so
2: hard.
1: I <laughs> had flaw. Sonai too, was left behind, turned on one too many times. Now I sing a different song when I can depend upon simple tune, steady beat, the music of machinery.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because he's specifically kind of grounding it in that whole his his jealousy and his insecurity, mm-hmm. and I was turned mm-hmm. upon, and you know your girl left you. You got to understand what I'm feeling. And so for me, it's that whole, this is, this is even kind of saying this is coming out of that,
0: Right, that even he's saying that yeah. this is, like, a reaction. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. That
1: I was left behind. Like, my yeah. wife, she left me. So, it's that insecurity. Yeah. 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 I want to yeah, control.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So, you're yeah. cool with? I'm cool with that, it's a flaw, All right, yeah. so,
1: ideal, oh my God. Every, give him a piece Take it all, everything and everyone in Hades' time I own. For his ideal, what is the principle that guides him to make the decisions he makes? If I am a dungeon master.
0: Also thrown out for ideal, yes. I, I also have the young man you can storm your lyre. I've stormed the world. Oh,
1: yeah, that's oh, so good. Yeah. What is like? I'm, I'm the dungeon I got, master. give
0: them a piece they'll take it because that's the yeah. rigidity. That's, yeah, as, yeah, If yeah. you're if you're a dungeon master and you're saying you know is this pitch going to work on Hades?
1: No, because if you give them a piece they'll Those take it. The, yeah, yeah. Or oh, that'll be his response. Mm-hmm. If if they come in, the, the players come in and they say like, we're trying to convince him. We'll talk about this more in a minute. Like mm-hmm. like they might come in and try and convince him to to be nicer, to lift the burden, to be kinder, to be better to his workers or even better to Persephone to like to let her go at the right time let her go early that's gonna be the principle that guides his response Is going to be the give them a piece and they'll take it all Mm -hmm. well if I let her go early she's gonna she's never come back
0: yeah yeah so yeah that's that's, that's the most useful for the GM absolutely Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah If I give the, them a form of union, they're going to, like, the whole thing's going to collapse.
0: I hate that we're not doing everything and everyone in Haiti's on their own. Don't worry. Exactly. That's going to be my <laughs> thing for turning everyone into worker
1: bees. I'll make sure. So, it'll be in the write up. It's getting in there.
2: <laughs> oh, man, that
0: one.
1: It was a hard one, yeah. Mm. Okay. So. This is like Frollo all over it again. It really is. You should do <laughs> a popular dame one. Once again, if, if you. Love Hades Town, there's a very good chance you've seen Hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And we did a really good episode, two part episode about it. I mean it,
0: pa- so. Patrick Page played for a low on Broadway. Ow. Well, not on not on Broadway, it was off Broadway. It never mm-hmm. made it to Broadway. Mm-hmm. There was an off Broadway musical of Disney's Hunchback of Notre Dame, in which Patrick Page played for a low. Mm-hmm. So you know.
1: There you go. <laughs> so you should listen to that's really good. Yeah. That is our frankly exhaustive analysis, though we could honestly talk we could <laughs> oh, talk yeah. much more. Oh, about that gosh. character of our dark lord Mr. Hades. Mm-hmm. But it is also worth talking about the town that is his, that is possessed <laughs> by him, that is got the apostrophe possessive of Mr. Hades and talk about how we are imagining having Hades town as a place you have Dungeons and Dragons adventures in a section we like to call
0: Way down Hades town, way down under the
1: ground. I'm oh, sorry. No, it's not what we call it.
2: The land <laughs>
0: The land. Although it may have been possible for me to travel to Town, and I certainly could have taken a missed way to the land above it, I doubted my patron would approve of me abandoning my itinerary to gallivant about on a side project. Therefore, while these tales intrigued me, I resigned myself to gathering information within Olympus. Luckily, I was able to find a woman named Alcestis, one of the few who had taken the ticket to Hades Town but returned to tell the tale. Apparently, her husband Admetus had foolishly agreed to travel to Hades Town, but fearing the tales she had heard of it, she stole his ticket and went there in his stead. Unfortunately for her husband, but fortunately for her, Mr. Hades had written up the contract for Admetus and Admetus alone, and refused to accept the signature of a thief with no respect for his laws. However, Alcestis had gotten a glimpse of Hades Town and could help me sift reality from rumor. The people of Hadestown, she told me, did have all of their material needs taken care of, but nothing more. She described a town of people moving in perfect unison, every swing of their hammers timed together like a dance, every step as synchronized as a falconian military drill. They never laughed or spoke or even looked at one another, but worked as silently and efficiently as a hive of insects. I could not help but imagine Hades as a necromancer commanding an army of mindless undead servants but Alcestis assured me that the people of Hades town were still alive they simply lacked everything that made living worthwhile Mr Hades tended to them as meticulously as a clockmaker tending to the gears in his devices but their time in Hades town left them as mindless as those gears as well
1: So the land of Hades town the domain of Hades town and we've got a Bit of a Barovia situation here. <laughs> in that we have the overall domain. Everything is Hades Town. And yet we also have a specific place called Hades Town. Way down under the ground. So we're mainly going to be using that term Hades Town to refer to the specific, like, underground city Mm -hmm. and and area that Hades directly rules over. But he is our domain lord of, like, the up-top part, too. The place, Act 1. He's the domain lord of Act 1, as well as Act 2. That
0: up-top where you live it up.
1: Where you live it up. But So we'll talk for a minute about the sort of wider, the Hades town as domain, as overall domain. And it's kind of like a, like you have New York City, you have New York Mm -hmm. State. It can be confusing. Mm -hmm. So... We're imagining it has two basic components. We have an upper world... And we have the underground city, and they're both under that domain name of Hadestown. There's a strong steampunk component, from what we would say. We have the train, obviously, but even a lot of the the imagery of industry, the image of factories and refineries and cathode rays and silver screens. Like mm-hmm. this is a technological society. Oil drums
0: and automobiles.
1: Exactly. I read a review of it, and it had this great description that it's between the Dust Bowl and the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And there's a very... 30s vibe, and that's partly the sort of level of technology. See, he's not making computer chips or anything. It's all <laughs> stuff you could have in the 30s.
2: Drums and automobiles,
1: and also just the music is so jazzy. Yeah. So it really has that. Even the clothing's kind of archaic. It has that kind of Great Depression dust bowl vibe to it. And the great thing is, D and D can do that. Mm-hmm. Like D and D, as as Keith Baker, the creator of Eberron, could tell you, D and D can do a sort of 1920s, 1930s jazz, industry, mm-hmm. technology-infused setting. And we will be coming back to Eberron again, by yes. the way. So the upper world is much more of that generic D&D setting. Like, you don't, we don't get much about the upper world, about what we call, we're call we going to call on the right up, up top. Mm-hmm. It's a general D&D setting, but with a little more like 30s jazz-infusing. And the other thing worth mentioning is it's very low magic. Yeah. Orpheus does what we would call in D&D terms... Yeah, he goes la 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 la, la. and
0: he summons up a red carnation and you're gonna see like the devil you, what? Said, you can bring back spring.
1: And and that's like a cantrip. Yeah. And it's a starting wizard cantrip. Mm-hmm. So that's a big deal. So that's one thing is you have a very low magic setting, which means of course that your PCs are gonna like pop. Mm-hmm. Which is always a nice thing. Your PCs yeah, yeah. are going to stand out. Your PCs are going to pop. Your PCs are going to make little red carnations appear with their <laughs> cantrips. And people are going to go, what? <laughs> this is also a good chance as we're talking about the sort of overall Hades town. Let's talk a little bit about some NPCs they might encounter. Let everybody meet the Fates.
0: <laughs> so, with the Fates... There are a couple ways to do them, basically depending on how much you want to spell out what the dark powers are in your game, because they've it, got a real dark powers vibe to Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. They're like, they're always tempting everybody to be their worst mm-hmm. selves and to make terrible decisions. Mm-hmm. And to fail. And to fail. So if you wanted to just say that the fates are like avatars of the dark powers that are wandering around mm-hmm. in town, you could do that and it would fit. Or if you want the dark powers to be more vague, you don't want to say... You Know they've got actual avatars underground. They can just kind of be agents of the dark powers, Uh which are absolutely a thing.
1: That is absolutely
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Long-standing Ravenwall tradition. Agents mm -hmm. of the dark powers.
0: I cannot believe that we are. (laughs) It's called a cross promotion, honey. Uh, I hate you, Mark Anthony.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for making this a part of our life. We've, just, we've sat with this for so long. I've sat with it longer As than... Of <laughs> As of recording. Rachel is...
0: I'm still it is editing. It's close. It. I'm still editing this Goss episode.
1: It's <laughs> close to being done. You can probably guess how far apart my fingers are from my, my tone of voice. It's close. My
0: life. My, uh. But
1: to bring in a little content from what is really the dominant... Theme of our podcast for the last couple of months Tower of Doom by
0: Mark <laughs> You should have promised her to see a fiefdom. Well, one of the things that we did like with Tower of Doom was these like three Vistani women, mm-hmm. and the idea of the Vistani is being kind of these agents of fate mm-hmm. really works. Mm-hmm. And We're not really imagining it being like a maiden mother crone, which is thing. How it is in the book. Yeah, Tower of Doom like very ham handedly. Him- you might not yeah. listen
1: to this four hour nightmare. Gosh, oh. you should. It's great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you haven't listened to this four-hour nightmare, they have like these really obvious maiden, mother, crone analog Vistani show up, but they're like not agents of the dark powers. They're fighting the dark powers or something. Like Mark Anthony yeah. doesn't know what the dark powers are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's extremely obvious. But so we're imagining it being more like the weird sisters from Gargoyles. Mark that off in your uh, cool yes! generational bingo card. me do it. <laughs> Of, like, it's these three Vistani women, and they keep showing up in, like, different ages and different contexts, mm-hmm. and this always seems totally normal to That's the to key. You, that, like, at one point you see these little these three little Vistani girls walking along, mm-hmm. and... It seems totally normal. You see these, like, three just, like, young Vistani women, like, traveling in a group together. This is totally normal. Right. You see these three old Vistani women just kind of sitting around a fire together. This is totally normal. You're it has in, nothing to do with any of this.
1: You're in the factory in mm-hmm. Town, and three of your co-workers just start talking to you in mm-hmm. kind of a mocking voice and, like, and talking about Vistani how dudes women. are. And it's three Vistani women. Yeah. And this could be a very fun... You just keep mentioning this... And also keep mentioning the, this, like, this seems totally, like, like if they ask, is this weird at all? Like, no, totally normal. Yep,
0: yep, yep. And you could even take something from, like uh, once again, from the Weird Sisters and Gargoyles. If the, with the Weird Sisters, one of them was blonde, one had white hair, and mm-hmm. one had black hair. And it was just no matter how they showed up, mm-hmm. they could be little girls, they could be young women, they could be old women or old gargoyles, mm-hmm. but they always had one was blonde, one had black hair, and one had white hair. And you could do something similar with the Vasani that they've got some distinguishing features. Right, yeah. Every
1: time. We watched the episode with our kids, and they were like, oh, it's them again! Oh. <laughs> like it, it, it totally worked for, the yes. having, for that visual pop of these three girls. Girls, women, gargoyles, whatever, that always have this the three the same three hair colors. Mm-hmm. And you might have already had the dark powers as part of your game, especially if you're doing something more with the older like two E or three E material, where you have like dark powers checks and you have that temptation. Or with the more modern material, if you're bringing in some of the like dark powers typey stuff with the amber temple and mm-hmm. everything. So, you could have had the dark powers before, but it might be really nice to add that personification.
0: Oh, it might be really fun actually for if you're doing 5e that they're like these Vistani mm-hmm. women who are wearing all this amber jewelry. Oh, that that that's
1: a good tell. Yeah, that's yeah. a good tell. I like that. Like, one has an amber earrings and one has an amber necklace mm-hmm. and one has amber bracelets. Yeah. And you always just, dis- and that your players, that's going to be creepy in a really fun way for your players. Yeah, yeah. And and just that personification is gonna feel very Hades town. So we've have the fates and we've touched a whole bunch about Hades and a little bit about Persephone. Are there any other gods in the house tonight? (laughs) Oh yeah. I almost forgot. (laughs) So he's a really interesting figure, once Mm -hmm. again, to have that kind of Hades town flavor. How could you work in Hermes? Could you have Mr. Hermes as part of the the story as part of your game, and we've got some ideas.
0: Yeah. The big thing with Hermes was kind of cracking what he is because he is clearly this very, like, powerful mm-hmm. figure. And, you know, we we were thinking about having him be some kind of Fae, but even that didn't really mm-hmm. seem to, like, fully encompass the role he played. Mm-hmm. But then we're thinking in you know, the older material,
1: bingo. <laughs> bingo.
0: in Carnival. Bingo!
1: Bingo. <laughs> bingo for somebody, I hope. <laughs>
0: We had Isolda being like an actual angel that mm-hmm. was in Ravenloft. and you Mr. Hermes works really well as being a good outsider that mm-hmm. he's you know we, we ended up picking a gardener. Gardner. you're the five E guy. Okay, I
1: mean you? this is not like 5, even a five E thing. This is like an old, this is just like a crazy D and D meta plot, like the manual like of the planes. not yeah. The manual yeah. of
0: the planes is not a Ravenloft thing. Ergo, is beyond right. 5 ken. So, <laughs>
1: so you've got the various outsiders that are connected with different of the like outer planes, and from a little bit of research, because we were saying Hermes. He seems neutral good. Mm-hmm. We really zoomed in on neutral good because he wants to help Orpheus. He wants to help Eurydice, but the help is very indirect. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't just, like, hug them and, and poof them out to the up top. Like, yeah. he can sort of act as a go-between. He can give Orpheus confidence. He can warn Orpheus that he's about to lose Eurydice, but he does not really involve himself that much in, in, in a direct way in the story.
0: So he's bound by the rules, yeah. which, you know, so he's not he's not chaotic. But also he, like, even though a contract is a contract is a contract mm. is a contract, he's still trying to help Orpheus get in there to save Eurydice. So Neutral Good's in the girl really good fit.
1: And even a like narrator, Neutral Good's a very narrator mm-hmm. kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. And he's kind of outsider really fit because he's, like, kind of half in, half out. Like he's, he's the narrator. An yeah, he's yeah. telling us the story, but he's also in the story. And it's like he's not just telling us about stuff he did in the past, he kind of seems aware that he's the narrator. So we looked up the different neutral good outsiders, and we saw and we saw gardenals. And Gardinals are they're kind of ego-like, they're sort of bird people. And they're specifically outsiders connected with Elysium, which is that sort of neutral good, like, domain of nature.
0: And we really liked that because Hermes is so close to perception. Yes, yes. Like, when she comes, they're clearly friends. Like, she calls him brother. Uh-huh. Like, she's complaining to him, brother, I'll be bored to death. Like, he
1: joshes her a little bit. You know,
0: yeah, yeah. There's there, Apparently, there's a whole lot of fanfic <laughs> speculating <laughs> on what
1: exactly their relationship is like. Wow, yeah, of course so, there is. Yeah,
0: yeah. But even the ones where it's not... A romantic thing, it's like he is her oldest and best friend, like there is you know there's there is something like that going on, clearly,
1: and he just seem interested in making things better, yes, also the fact that uh these gardenals are eagle like like mm-hmm. come on, how could yeah. we like pick anything else. We even have all the bird images, yeah. a man with feathers on his feet.
0: Mm-hmm. He wears wingtips.
1: Right, you could even like have the, he appears just as this guy in this silver suit with the little feathers, like mm-hmm. that's kind of his like human guys, mm-hmm. little feathers on the cuffs and on the, on the cuffs of his, uh, his pants and, mm-hmm. yeah. So, it, it fits so well and this, oh man, I love this. This is such a useful NPC. The most useful kind of NPC in the whole world for you, the GM, not for the players (laughs) is the one who's like i'm good i agree with you i want to help you accomplish your goals but i am bound by the rules so i can help indirectly yeah i can give you cryptic advice (laughs) or i can explain things i can i can't just like grab orpheus and bamf him into the underworld i can tell you the way i can tell you the path to the underworld the back door but i can't take you in myself you have to go yourself and even just as an outsider, the fact that, like, he shows up in Hades' mm-hmm. town without permission, he moves in and out. As I said, that's such, for as a GM, a useful, like, all right, I'm going to give you some hints. I'm going to move the plot forward, but the super powerful NPC can't solve the problem for you because they're bound by the rules.
0: Even though, like, Hades doesn't bat an eye at him being there. Like, he's, he, he's, yeah. he's, he's a and Orpheus, a new one for being there, but he doesn't bat an eye at Hermes. Just... Mm-hmm,
1: mm. And that Hermes can just kind of pop, show yeah. up. He didn't go through a long path, past barbed wire, past fences. He didn't have a train ticket. Mm-hmm. He just kind of shows up in Town. Yeah. So that very much feels right for this kind of reality bubble. This person's kind of not under the power of the Dark Lord. Mm-hmm. So like even when he's like closing the borders, Hermes can move around them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that is an outsider thing that they can get around closed borders because it's a whole like we mentioned in our home on the range episode. Thing <laughs> oh. coming back to that, outsiders have like this kind of pocket domain that they carry with them, and so they can like just they don't care about closed domains. Mm, yeah, they can be yeah. up in and out.
1: So we've talked about the sort of general Haiti town, the domain Barovia proper, New York State, and <laughs> we've talked about some of the NPCs that. We're part of that general world, so let's talk about our specific, are like, locations. And first, as I mentioned, where they're probably going to come into, your PCs are going to come into the domain up top. <laughs> and up top, it is a farming community, and don't forget the times are hard. <laughs> so the seasons are messed up. You know, they come in, they see, like, people are hungry, there isn't much food. You know, you have your classic, like, you go to the inn, and there's very scanty Yeah. Fair. And yep. like you see the people, the people like eating gruel and look hungry.
0: Yeah, and so the, the the stew is so watered down mm-hmm.
1: that when the seasons are messed up, there's no spring or fall. It's just like three months of summer. Mm-hmm. Just bam, you know, click click your heels, and it's blazing hot or freezing cold. But it's like three months of summer, and it's getting shorter every year. Three months is lucky. Mm-hmm. Like it's getting under three months now. When Persephone is there. And they can talk about this. They can get this from the PCs. Maybe the PCs just missed it. Or maybe, like, they come at the tail end of this. Mm-hmm. When Persephone's there, things are good. There's food and there's drink and there's joy. And it's the key yeah. component is of the kind of, like, correct imbalance world that it's describing. Is there's just, there's joy and everyone shares. And, like, things are lean, but there's, like, enough for everyone.
0: Listeners, I am... Smiling hugely right now because we are recording this right around Christmas, mm-hmm. and we had a real gift of the magi situation we sure did. this year. We're in. Tom Sold and I both my podcast said, "Mike, to get yes.
1: some hair clips." <laughs> and she bought an audio mixer.
0: So f- fortunately, no one told anything. Yes, it was yes. just in terms of silly gift giving. Uh-huh. But Tom and I both said, "My beloved spouse is so into now. Yes, we did right now. I should really get them working on a song. The book of like behind the scenes facts of Patti Satriani. So that was our mutual Christmas gift to one another. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that was in that book was the song "Living It Up" on top was put in there because, like, in the kind of early stagings of it, everyone was sort of going, "Well, what are Orpheus and Eurydice going back to with the world on top?" also sucks. Yeah, it's the like, apocalypse. Yeah. It's the
1: dust bowl.
0: Yeah, Hades Town sucks, but why is leaving it any better? Mm-hmm. So living it up on top was there to be both, this is what they're going back to, and this was the world that they lost when mm-hmm. Hades started, taking Persephone back earlier. So that's going to be a really, like, equally helpful thing for your PCs to have that as sort of a touchstone of, you know, maybe if they arrive there at kind of the beginning of their Hades Town adventure and it everything is great... And then it changes mm-hmm. or you know, you could kind of do what we were talking about in our Hushback of Notre Dame episode like maybe they drop into up top during summer yeah. and have like a side quest that has nothing to do with anything mm-hmm. and leave Ooh, I like and it. then they come back like a couple months later and everything is awful and they have no idea what's going on it's explained to them this is just how it is
1: It is that kind of like the same thing that I was facing mm-hmm. you want to show your players what's lost Yes. with Hades taking Persephone early mm-hmm. and you want to make your players care about up top and the people that live there not just about be like the jerk land of jerks. Mm-hmm. And speaking of the jerk land of jerks, so like when Persephone's <laughs> there, it's there's enough, there's abundance, people are kind. Once again, that's, if, if your PCs come in, and it's like, clearly there isn't that much, but everybody's sharing. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, ah, oh, brother, like, what is food? But food? they're going to fall in love with that place so hard.
2: Though
0: their lives are very humble. Mm. But they have. They have to They
1: share. have to share. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, there isn't much, but they're all sharing the wine. And everyone's, like, celebrating. It's very, like, hippie vibe. Mm-hmm. That, then they're going to, like, fall in love with that place. The idea of these people that, although they are struggling... There's enough for everyone, and they kind of have that philosophy of, as long as we share, there's going to be enough for everyone. Mm-hmm. And you know, every every we're all if, if we live as brothers, then there'll always be enough.
0: Yeah. No one ever goes to Hades Town during the summer.
1: There's no mm-hmm. reason to.
0: Like, down below Hades Town. No yeah, yeah, to yeah exactly. down below. Yeah.
1: So then you have winter, which is growing, 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 and that's times are hard. There isn't enough for everyone, and especially you even have this sort of like to, to hit the frozen. The like freezing of the heart, the cold Mm
2: -hmm. heart.
1: Like suddenly they come back and suddenly people are mean. Yeah. And you get that like when the chips are down, suddenly people are selfish, people are mean, people aren't sharing.
0: The first shall be first, the last shall be last. Mm -hmm. Cast your eyes to heaven, you get a knife in
1: the back. That's what everyone's out for themselves, or even just everyone's like that sharing is gone, they're not helping each other Mm -hmm. anymore. And that's gonna like have an impact. If you gave them that summertime Hades Town, and then you give them the winter up top Hades Town. That's going to have an impact. They're going to yeah. be like, no, we should help with this. Mm-hmm. And so the big thing here in winter, which is growing and growing and growing, everyone is scrambling to get a ticket to Hades, Town, to get the way, way down to Hades, Town, <laughs> And that's a great MacGuffin, right? Mm-hmm. Like a ticket could be a big MacGuffin or you even have the, they, they find out this NPC they like, like they, they see them holding a the ticket and go, mm. ah, no, that there's, there's a lot of plot. So if you have this great, like physical thing that represents so much of somebody sacrificing so much,
0: because yeah, with with town, everyone knows there's three hots in a cot down there. Right? Mm-hmm. You get you get food, you get shelter. There's security. They know that no one who goes there ever comes back. But maybe it's because it's so great yeah. down there, so no one knows how bad it is. Otherwise, no one would ever.
1: Yeah. Out. Speaking of that book that gave us a gift of the Magi gift esque <laughs> gift situation, uh, it's the whole. There is that line. In way down Hades Town, where it's like everybody's, you know, got fancy clothes and everybody's got like fancy food, and so maybe they've got this idea that things are better than they are.
0: Yeah, because you, when we actually see it, nobody has fancy. We don't yeah. see their food, but everyone's in overalls.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least according to YouTube. Yeah, and we don't have pers- from personal experience. And, I mean,
0: it was it was a uh, YouTube of someone getting a perfectly legal recording of yeah. Broadway staging. So,
1: <laughs> so then. You could even have, if you really want to hit the like capitalism metaphor, that like people believe, they hear people say, "Oh, I'll go to Hades Town and I will like pay my dues and get a big house and like mm-hmm. get a get a get nice clothes and I'll just like yeah, I'll, I'll work hard and believe in myself and then yeah. and climb the ladder." Oh. And, right? You could really play into that, like, uh. and once again, if your players have a particular cynical mindset, they're like, "Oh, honey, like." No, we have to stop. This, this is the greatest This is the greatest tragedy we can imagine. This is, like, sweet NPC we like who believe they're going to go to Hadestown. They're going to work hard and climb the ladder. Pull
0: themselves up by their bootstraps. Yeah.
1: And you might even legitimately have... I know this was a thing Rachel read about with, like, some of the backstory people came up with with their characters for Hadestown. You might even have the whole people sending money back. hmm And that could be a thing, right? They do get paid. There's a job in Hades Yeah. And it is a hellscape, but you could even have... Like, oh, you know, you come back to you come back to up top, and like the nice, you know, uh, barkeep's brother went to Hades time while they were gone. The PCs were gone, and has like been sending back money, mm-hmm. and like that's legitimately a thing you can do, and until you forget they exist,
2: yeah. Which we'll get,
1: we've touched on. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, not useful for yeah. economic production to send money back to your your uh-huh. family up top.
0: Uh, so some yeah, they get money back for like first month, and then uh-huh, it dries yeah.
1: up. And that's a great plot hook. As we'll talk about later, that's a good like plot hook they could follow. Is my brother went to Hades Town and was sending like really good money back for about a month, two months, but it stopped, and they're not answering my letters. And that's mm-hmm. immediately like ding, 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 ding plot. Yeah, yeah. So then we have the the big show, the, the, the thing we're really all here for, Uh-huh.
0: which well, we basically is basically segued into
1: it already. Hades Town proper, the Neon Necropolis. Uh. Love did you think so you'd be impressed?
2: <laughs> we love the show so much. It yes.
1: is it is an industrial hellscape. It mm-hmm. is all underground. There may be, like, huge Mines of Moria-esque uh. caverns, right? Like, but mm-hmm. still, it's under the ground. Yeah. Just everything is controlled. Everything is walls and machines. Everything is work and then sleep. Like, it, it, mark off Star Wars. You've got that on your bingo card. If you saw the show Andor, which if you like the 80s sound there's a good chance you'll like Andor.
0: If you can make it through the first five episodes. So, I'm sorry Most people say the first two I say the first five Yeah Richard, wasn't a huge <laughs> I, was, I was not a huge fan Until this plot one. Yeah I was about to
1: But there's this prison And it's this great prison It's just They're doing prison work And there's this wonderful Like yeah They're not being beaten The guards are barely there All of their physical needs Are cared for They have You know Showers They have rooms There's no like Physical danger
0: No limit on the food
1: No unlimited Like protein paste Protein paste You can have as much Protein paste as you want and they're even like, yeah, if you're sick, talk to us. You can have sick days. Like we don't mm-hmm. We don't want people to spread diseases. We want, yeah. and we're not going to waste workers that are sick. We give them a couple days, send them to the clinic, and then they're back to work. Mm-hmm. But everyone is just a cog in a machine. And sort of that is Hades' town. that have
0: in there is we're cheaper than droids.
1: Yes. All of your physical, unlike up top, all of your physical needs are cared for. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely, that is, uh, Mr. Hades is completely legitimately correct that part of the contract. All of your physical needs are cared for. You have a bed. You have physical... You, you don't have to worry about cold. You don't have to worry... You probably have health care.
0: You definitely don't have to worry about cold. Why is yeah, it so right.
1: hot down here? But You don't have to worry about the cold. You have a soft bed to fall into every day. And you have all the food you go in. Now your belly's never empty. You're mm-hmm. never like growling with hunger. Your physical needs are all taken care of. But that is it. Mm-hmm. You have no other existence... No other relationships. You don't even have other identity after after long enough. You're cheaper than a droid. Yeah. <laughs> you are, you exist to be a cog in a machine, and a good machinist, a good engineer will take good care of their cogs, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. oil your cogs. You you know you sharpen them. You take you fix the the broken ones, but that's all they are. Yeah. You're a cog in a machine. Which brings us to our one really interesting location in Hades Town, mm-hmm. and that is Our Lady of the Underground. And this is kind of a speakeasy that Persephone runs. Mm-hmm. So she, she runs this underground club. It's technically illegal. It's technically against the rules. We don't know how much Hades knows. Maybe he knows and doesn't care. Maybe he doesn't know. And that the line that keep coming back to is: "There's a crack in the wall," which was the original title of Hades Town. <laughs> "There's a crack in the wall." There's one thing in Hades Town that's not like your dorm room, the cafeteria, the showers, or your job. Mm-hmm. That's not the prison. And that is this bar, basically.
0: And this is where our the fact that we have only seen the very, very poorly yeah. filmed bootlegs, climb tutorial. tutorials, is coming back to haunt us because. Lady, given your giant crush in Amber Grey, you could have filmed this scene better. <laughs> <laughs> this is her big breakout number. Um, but it wasn't clear to us whether there's a literal crack in the wall. Right. Or whether it's kind of saying that like narcotics are this false escape. Mm-hmm. And that like, you know, she she talks about having the moon on pay per view. Like, is this actually like you get to go and Look at the moon yeah, if you yeah. pay money, or is it like she has peep shows? And it's like, no, this is this is your escape. This kind of like scene. The
1: here. the book we've referenced a couple times has it's, it's become so. an amusing, <laughs> become an amusing anecdote in our marriage. I the, there was a as so the original title was a crack in the wall, and the original idea was there is a crack in the wall, and she has one of those like you know uh, Empire State Building like viewfinders, like mm-hmm. you put a coin in, it's like binoculars, mm-hmm. and you drop your coin in. And you can see the crack in the wall and you can see the stars. Mm. So that was the original. Like, that was sort of set up and there were versions of it that had, like, that on the stage during Our Lady of the Underground. Um, but it was too obvious and literal.
2: <laughs>
0: and
1: so that was a version of it, but we don't know what it is in Hadestown. And if yeah. you have seen Hadestown... Please let us know. Let us know. We would love to know just for our own understanding of the musical. Also support us on Patreon because you can afford it. <laughs> right? Like...
0: Unless your family bought you tickets, in which case you have to very loving family. They should support us on
1: Patreon. Have them get you a Patreon for Christmas. Alright, those tickets ain't cheap.
0: Tom knows how to
1: hustle. <laughs> i get paid.
0: And with Our Lady of the Underground as a like useful setting for the PCs, yes. there were earlier drafts where like Orpheus was hiding out in Our Lady of mm-hmm, the Underground, yeah. and Persephone was sheltering him there. So if you wanted to have them like have this previous relationship with Persephone, then that could be a thing that they do. You know, obviously they didn't they didn't have time to get into that and explore that there. With the mm. musical would have been three hours long, yeah. so they couldn't have Orpheus. Hide Which there. we would have loved. Yeah, but but you know. With with your PCs, you can do that. So you can really you can really yeah. get into all this stuff.
1: This is a super useful location because I, I, I love this about this setting that as soon as your PCs are in Hades Town Underground, they have a target on their back. Mm-hmm. Like the plot happens, they can't wander around mm-hmm. and just like look, go shopping. Like as <laughs> soon as they're there, there's a target on their backs, and they stand out and they. Hades doesn't know who the hell they are, but he knows he don't, they don't belong. Right. They don't have papers. Mm-hmm. They don't have ID. They're not wearing fashionably distressed coveralls. <laughs> they they're not workers. Like they immediately are gonna be under observation, under threats. Maybe people are trying to turn them in for favors. And so the plot happens immediately. Like there's 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 no engage as soon as they go into this location, they engage with the plot. Mm-hmm. And this could be the kind of home-based hideout. This is like the one place they can go where they're not going to be immediately arrested. (laughs) And if they go to the fashionably distressed coverall store, they're going to maybe get arrested, Mm -hmm. but like not here. So even just the fact this is a speakeasy, they're going to like read that as a place where people are critical of Hades, where people break the laws. This is like the one place they can hide out.
0: And we also, since this is the idea of like seeing the sky and seeing the moon and everything, there's the possibility that you can have here that the workers in Town, when they come here and when they're drinking the fruit of the vine, they might remember a little bit of who they used mm-hmm, to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when they wake up in the morning, you know, it's just, it's just a, a drunk dream like everything else that they might have dreamed that night. But at the time,
2: mm-hmm. they
0: probably don't remember the whole of it, but like Eurydice, for instance, could be like... What was his name? Oh, he had the most beautiful voice. Mm -hmm. Oh, I loved him so much. What was his name? You know, she could remember more of that.
1: And this is just, this is the place that is going to draw them. Like, you don't have to tell them to go here if they're like, oh... Everyone's looking at us weird and calling the police, and we're not wearing the same clothes as everyone else. <laughs> and then somebody kind of pulls us in an alley and hands us a scrap of paper and says, it's "Speakeasy, you know, we can talk there. Mm-hmm. Like they're just gonna go there. Yeah, yeah. And this is like the place they can relax and have like role playing scenes. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be rolling for initiative.
2: Yeah,
0: every
1: nonstop. scene, non stop rolling for initiative. Maybe
0: stealth. Maybe stealth again. Maybe
1: stealth. <laughs> not wrong. <Randy> What's <laughs> inside? Men's inside? He's calling the police. He's calling the police. Like this is the place that's going to naturally draw them and kind of be their home base in Hadestown. And they can meet Persephone, and they can talk to people that are doing something illegal, so they're willing to criticize Hades. This is where you can have that whole, like, ah, the power plant, I work there. I suppose I could sneak you in. <laughs> kind of scene happens. So this mm-hmm. is an incredibly important location for PC interaction with the hellish industrial police state of Hadestown. And so... We have a lot of cool locations, including ones especially important for you, Our Lady of the Underground, in this hellish industrial police state of Hadestown.
0: And we've already kind of started talking about some of the possible ways your PCs could hook in.
1: Right. But what would bring your PCs to that hellish industrial police state? Rachel, what do you do with it?
0: Dread possibilities. It seemed that I had gathered as much information about town as was possible without visiting it personally, so I set about preparing for the next leg of my journey. I enjoyed one final meal in Olympus before departing, and it is with great reluctance that I admit that the blue-haired huckster Hades of this domain was correct. The lamb was delicious. As I ate, three old Vistani women wearing identical grey dresses and amber jewelry sat across from me at the table. I confess that, at the time, nothing seemed odd about them joining me. Alcestis didn't tell you about the Wall,' said the first of them. "'What Wall?' I asked her. "'Oh, none of them told you?' asked the second. That's what they're working on down in Hadestown. They're building a wall, high and thick. The Wall keeps them free.' "'The Wall keeps out the enemy,' said the third, but her voice sounded like my own the version of my voice that i hear in my own mind as my own thoughts the wall keeps out the enemy suddenly i saw hades town in a new light i have no need for food or shelter but hades town offered more than that hades town offered safety One of the old women began toying with her amber jewelry, and I could see, flashing in her hand, a pair of coins, the coins for the ferryman, the coins that would take me somewhere with a strong wall to protect me, to keep the death and darkness and fear away from me forever. My ring of protection went cold on my finger, and I saw something dark and dead moving under the skin of the women's faces. The three women. The three witches. With a scream, I leaped to my feet and hurled an eldritch blast at them, but they were already gone, their laughter echoing in the air around me. I didn't realize that I had summoned my form of dread until I saw the inn's patrons cowering in terror. Flushing, I grabbed my things and made a hasty retreat.
1: I want adventure in the Great Wide somewhere.
0: Well nothing comes of wishing on stars.
1: <laughs> Get a job, Bell! <laughs> Pay for your books when to tolerate that crap in Hades Town. So, what brings your PCs to Hades Town other than you're a big musical theater nerd? And even practicing your really deep rumbly Hades voice. Mm. So, what what could bring? What could make PCs choose to come to Hades? We we'll touch on this a little bit, all right.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: With I really like this idea you're saying of having it be this kind of multiple, you come there in summer and then you come there in winter. Yeah. But what made them come there in summer or winter?
0: Well, the same thing that makes actual people <laughs> up top go to Haiti. Yes. which is like money, commerce, deliveries. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is... I'm not, I don't think I'm going to mention this in incorporating. So I'm just going to geek out and mention it here. Huh. This is like Paradon was in the older material for my fellow Grognards. It was like you know the, the domain that had very little of its own farmland. So it was entirely dependent on imports from other domains. Mm-hmm. And with up top, it does have farmland. It is a farming domain, but only three months out of the year. Yeah. So most of the time, they desperately need. Commerce. They desperately need those trade caravans. Yeah, baby! (laughs) Market bingo cards.
2: Trade caravans.
0: So you could be bringing in the, the trade caravans that are bringing stuff in. Or if you're coming in during the summer, then you could be hard to be helping a trade caravan come out because they're desperately trying to get some money back in for when the times get hard. They're, you know, growing wheat, and they're thinking, well, maybe, you know, I can send some of this out and get some money and see what happens from that.
1: Well, I love this because it could even get you into Hades Town like, conditionally, if you could have, you're just escorting a food caravan, because you mm-hmm. totally imagine... There aren't giant like hydroponic gardens in Hades Town, but the workers have to eat. So, and he makes certainly makes enough stuff to export and Mm -hmm. sell. So you have these like the train. You know, you've got your passenger cars, but then you've got just like box car after box car, hopper car after hopper car, full of wheat, full Mm -hmm. of that month's food supply for the workers, and. So you kind of are involved with that, and maybe you even get to, like, ride the train in, see the industrial hellscape, but then, like, ride the train back out, and like, oh, no, we should do something.
0: <laughs> Speaking of industrial hellscape making you say, oh, no, we should do something, uh, if you have a druid or a ranger, yeah, baby. with a nature domain in your party, you could really punch them in the druid. They're going to have some kind of vision of nature being out of balance. Mm-hmm. they can have, like... Some animal or fae or something comes to them from up top and tells them this tale of woe, and that's that's really going to hook them in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like this is this is a great like it's not even just like nature is out of balance because people are polluting. It's like you no know, nature is out of balance because the gods of this world that represents different aspects of nature are out of balance, mm-hmm. and their relationships out of balance. The gods have forgotten the song of their
0: life. Yeah, yeah, but can it, the. Biggest hook, of course, yeah, is to be Orpheus. Yes, is that you have a Eurydice somewhere, mm. and you was know, it Hades? The great thing is you can have it be that there's this story. Of Hades Town, the place where you go and all of your material needs are taken care mm-hmm. of. It can be an urban legend that's whispered of in every domain. Mm-hmm. And the train could be going to every domain like Sire1313, just picking people up who have a ticket and taking them to Hades Town. So you know, you could have somebody in Felkov, and yeah, they sure would love to yeah, have. Right. You could have like your nice NPC who you met there who's just trying to survive, and you find out that she's in Hades Town now. Now, Once again, she was sending money back to her family, but things have gotten real bad. It
1: could just be a really cool, like, you're in Darkon, mm-hmm. and they're struggling, and there's these, like, stories about this place called Hades Town, and your Broadway nerd PC's are like, oh, no! <laughs> this is bad. And, like, then they show you they have a ticket, mm-hmm. and they just go to a place, and then the train appears and mm-hmm. takes them, and that's, like, that's gonna be cool. Yeah. That's gonna yeah. be a cool scene.
0: Yeah. Although, if you're doing old Starcon, then Esalen does try to make sure that his people uh-huh. are taken care of, because the heart of the king loves everything, is the hammer loves the nail. Yes,
1: which sadly had to be cut.
0: Ah, uh, man, that was a great line. So that's, that is, like, the strongest hook, is mm-hmm. to have a Eurydice for your Orpheus. Mm-hmm. We're going to get more into that later.
1: We haven't talked much about Orpheus and Eurydice, and it's because they're the Orpheus is the PC, mm-hmm. and Eurydice is sort of the PC. We didn't have to kill them this time. Yes. We just had to not have them in the show. Mm-hmm. Your PCs are or Orpheus. They could have Eurydice. Yeah,
0: yeah. This could be long after or long before the Orpheus and hate thing happens. Or it doesn't happen at all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, and then another possibility is if you're having Hermes as this outsider, he's not just going to be bound to Hades town. He's going to be everywhere. So he can be this yeah. like, recurring NPC who's kind of showing up and cryptically helping the party as things go. And then... Man, just how cool.
1: Got guy in a slit guy yeah, in a silver suit yeah, named Mr. Hermes. Mr. Hermes. And they're all like, oh,
0: jeez. All your, all your, all your <laughs> classical
1: nerd PCs.
0: And then one day he shows up and he asks for a favor for a friend. Especially, you know, again, if, if there is, like... If you're having actual Orpheus in your fantasy, then Orpheus is like a son to Mr. Hermes. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. the play. So that could... You know, if, if you wanted to bring in Orpheus as an NPC, then Hermes could be the one who brings them in.
1: Like, it, there is up top in this domain proper, but the wonderful thing is that can just be Ravenloft. Mm-hmm. That can be the other domains are up top. That can be like, Hadestown is just the underground city and the train. Yeah. And the train we would have, if you're bringing the old stuff with missed ways, that there is like, this mistway nexus is sort of this train station. Yeah. And I, I kind of like the idea of there's this mysterious train. And it would mm-hmm. be the thing that's exporting all the stuff from Hades Town. <laughs> this mysterious train, once again, like Sire 1313, will just show up in Barovia and just sell Strahd a whole bunch of oil drums for whatever reason he <laughs> needs them. And like load up grain from the Barovian fields mm-hmm. and ship it back to Hades Town. Mm-hmm. But also the occasional dispossessed Barovian peasant will have their ticket somehow and get on the train. Hop
0: on the train, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And then it, th- you have that, and then it can be you—you you kind of get engaged with this Hades Town story wherever your PCs are going. Mm-hmm. They can have this in the background.
0: And for Hermes being kind of this like wandering do or outsider, if you're doing the older material, we're going to talk about this more in the incorporating section. You could have a filling the same mm-hmm. hole, and we'll talk about that more later. But. Very much fits that you know that she's this chaotic good figure. She's going to want to kind of see these things repaired. So if you want to kind of like conflate Mr. Hermes into Sultan into the same character, you could
1: absolutely yeah. And so once that gets you there, Mm -hmm. and maybe that even just any of these domains could be up top, and you're already there, and you don't Mm -hmm, even know mm -hmm. it yet. But then what do you do in that descent into Hades town? We have that classic descent to the underworld, that core story. And whatever the story is, it's going to involve going into Town and coming out again. It's going mm-hmm. to involve in some way being the Orpheus. Yes. So you kind of have two core plots that are related in the show, because it's good. <laughs> and one is you're trying to restore spring. So this is that whole, if you have up top as its own place, you have the PCs get care about it. You have the PCs want to help the people there who shared like food and wine with them. Mm-hmm. Or even the PCs like Persephone. And they hear that her jerk husband kidnapped her. <laughs> And they just want to help Persephone get back where she wants to be up top. He missed her. So one of our core ideas is they could be trying to go down into Hades Town to, res- to get Persephone and restore Spring. And the other is that Orpheus, her Persephone, we've touched on a couple examples of this. They're trying to bring somebody back. Like mm-hmm. maybe it's somebody's cousin, maybe it's an NPC's cousin, maybe it's an NPC's brother, maybe it's an NPC they like, maybe it's an NPC that's friends with Hermes. But somehow the PCs need there's someone they've discovered is in Hades Town, and things are bad, and they're suspicious, and they're not getting letters anymore mm-hmm. or money anymore, and so the PCs are like, "We need to go rescue this person." Yeah. So pretty much Hades Town.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we're trying to come up with what the adventure. Was we realized just a really elegant way to combine these two things is that if you just tweak Hades' motivations and mm-hmm. his knowledge of what's going on... So a are you. Teeny- this was on me, yes. So I'm very you. proud of this. I'm very proud of this. If you tweak his motivations and his awareness of what's going on a teeny bit, it's really easy to combine these two because the whole thing is that Orpheus is trying to write a song that will bring back Spring, right? And for, for, the, for those of you who haven't seen the musical, for regular th- listeners who mm-hmm. are just like Disney people and not Broadway yeah, people, yeah, yeah. Um, Orpheus is working on a song to bring back Spring. And, you know, meanwhile, coincidentally, like Hades being mad at Persephone kind of goes up top and sees Zero to see and is all like, oh, I'm going to bring this, yo- this new girl down to make Persephone jealous. Mm-hmm. And, like, he does that. And that's kind of what kicks it off. And you could really easily make that not be a coincidence.
3: Yes, yes.
0: You could have it be that Orpheus is writing this song to try to bring back spring, while bringing back spring means taking Persephone out of Hades' town means taking Hades' property, which is his wife, because uh-huh. that's kind of guy he is. Yep, away from him. And so Hades is going to react by taking Orpheus's wife away from him. Mm -hmm. And that is what Orpheus gets for having no respect for property. (laughs) Um, So you could very easily hook the PCs in to begin with by having it be this like, yeah, they're coming in because they care about these people, because they've seen how good things are in spring and how things are bad in winter. And they're trying to figure out how to bring spring back. And Hades is like, oh, heck no. Mm -hmm. And so he finds some NPC in any domain that the PCs yes. care about, and goes to them. It's Eurydice. Yes, he goes to them with his pitch. She or he gets Eurydice, or they get Eurydice, and the PCs have to try and go down into Hades' town and bring them back.
1: Way down under the ground. Way down under the ground. Yes, that's so good. Do do this story, basically. Yes. This is good.
0: I was so proud of that. That's I was so
2: proud of that.
1: <laughs> and the the key here is it much much like in Hades' town. It's a social boss fight. Mm-hmm. It's a role play encounter. It's yeah. performance checks. Mm-hmm. It's persuasion checks. Like yeah. the PCs might even think they're going in to have a boss fight with Hades, but no, you can't. You can't beat no. Hades in the submission. He has great, infinite hit points. The great
0: thing is you do get your combat encounters along the way. You can fight Cerberus yes, yes. and the guards. No, we're gonna have to leave yeah. combats here. Yeah.
1: And but the the core the boss fight is you have to persuade Hades to loosen his grip. Mm -hmm. And it might be loosening his grip on an NPC, it might be loosening his grip on Persephone, it might be both, Mm -hmm. but either way, the nice thing is, with the structure of the Torment, the metaphysics of the Torment, this this doesn't contradict that. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's like, oh, he's gonna loosen his grip on Persephone, and let her leave for Spring but it's gonna make him more jealous next year. Yeah. That's the nice thing is, since the torment is the overall thing, you could have the occasional This is not like a Strahd getting over Tatiana. This yeah, is Yeah,
0: yeah. This is this is Strahd trying to let Tatiana go for one reincarnation. Yeah. But then the next reincarnation he goes. He's, like,
1: he's hungrier. He's, even he's thirstier. More after her, yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like this can still be part of the torment. And it can still be even, like they're sort of surfing the dark powers well because they're going to make Hades more jealous. Mm-hmm. But they could still win this battle. Yeah. They can like, this year there can be spring mm-hmm. and there could be, like, six months of, there can be, like, the proper six months of Persephone.
0: Because <laughs> can't you just see Strahd being like, I am going to let Tatiana just be with yep, whatever. Live her life. Live her life. And won't she be so grateful to me next reincarnation? Don't I deserve that? Yeah, what a, what a good guy Love. I am. Well, I'm such a nice guy.
1: I'm such a nice guy. <laughs> so our core story is that is at least on Act Two. It's the journey in the underworld, a journey out of the underworld, and then the boss fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, but the boss fight is actually a boss conversation. Or possibly a boss sing-off. <laughs>
0: This was literally made for your part. <laughs> like, it was,
2: yeah. yeah.
1: Go do it, bard. Go do it, bard. Sing a song about him. Get it, get it. <laughs> so the last thing I want to talk about in this section is like to talk about different variations. We always have the same two. We always we do, which is our aging down our aging up. If you have ten year olds that love Hades Town, <laughs> which would be weird. Mm-hmm. So don't do that. No, like there's not really an aging down here.
0: And even like. I mean, as in as much as there is aging down, it's kind of like what it is in the
1: musical yeah.
0: itself that like do hey, Hades Town. Hey, little songbird is it's all bird metaphors, but you know what they're actually singing about. Yeah, like, right. yeah,
1: we don't have a younger audience-facing version of this setting other than just do Hadestown. Town. Yeah, yeah. Maybe some of the dar- like does some of the darker elements we've included. Don't necessarily include those. Yeah. But our aging down is do Hades Town.
0: If you have a younger kid who's really into Hades Town and you have thoughts here, let us know. Yes. Uh our thirteen year old is into Hades Town, but
1: he, you know, is cool with doing just We Hadestown. would just do setting so- <laughs> of Hades Town. But we have a lot of options when it comes to aging up. Yeah. Speaking um, of
0: we can do a quick skip ahead warning, actually not so much in terms of for your kids, because we can talk about mm-hmm. it vaguely, but just in terms of content warning stuff that you might not want to listen to yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Vis-a-vis Little Songbirds. Vis-a-vis Little Songbirds, and there being a lot that goes on behind closed Mm -hmm. doors. So if you don't want to hear about what goes on behind closed doors, Future Rachel's going to jump in now. So the first part of this is just talking about the psychological horror memory loss aspect. And then there's a pretty obvious transition where I say something like, the other thing, it's pretty clear we're talking about something else. You're going to want to skip ahead about two minutes from that point if you don't want to hear about... The possibility that Hades and Eurydice had a physical relationship and she was not the first. Normally we give an exact timestamp, but since we have a director's cut here, the timestamps are going to be different depending on whether you're a patron or not. So the the two big things with Aging Up, first off, are the playing up the memory loss in the identity horror, and you don't get that as much in the musical, you get flowers, and it's very sad. Mm-hmm. But like you know, as soon as she sees Orpheus, she remembers Orpheus. Mm-hmm. You don't really get the horror of her forgetting Orpheus.
1: Talk about the um the two like the brother and sister characters yeah, that you read yeah. about.
0: So there was yeah you know, this this is from TV tropes so you know I could be wrong here, but there. What if it isn't? Yes. So the ensemble like they come up with the backstory for who their characters are and how they ended up in Hades So like you do because that that how you can play it. And I don't remember what their relationship was between the actor and the actress. It was The actor and the actress were very close. And they, they felt like that was really coming across in their interactions with each other on stage. And so the backstory they came up with was she was his older sister. And she had, like, their family had been hungry because everyone's hungry. Yeah, that's yeah. how
1: it is, up top.
0: And so she went down to town to try and, like, you know, just get food and also to send money back. That was kind of where that was coming from and then like her brother like he he stayed up top with their parents but then their parents died and she was all he had left so he wanted to go down and find her again and he went down and just like you're going to see with Orpheus she remembered him when she saw him for like a week but then they both forgot each other, mm-hmm. and they remembered that there was something to each other, but they didn't remember what. Mm-hmm. And you, listen, if you want to get weird with that, you can for a uh, for aging uh-huh. Or it could just lead to some real like psychological horror,
1: especially if the PCs mm-hmm. recognize these two as this brother and sister, mm-hmm. and now they don't remember. Like they're like they're yeah. friends. Uh-huh. They're drawn to each other but they don't remember each other at all and that's the tragedy of that. Yeah, yeah. And if they know that that second one that brother went to Hades town because that's where his sister was and that's all the family he had left. Mhm. And now does not remember anything.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or there was like in it was so creepy and it did such a good job of like conveying how much they're being turned into cogs in the machine that you know Eurydice would be you know having her drama with Orpheus and then the other Hades town workers would start doing like their worker choreography, and Uranus, he and Eurydice would just like get pulled away from Orpheus and mm-hmm. start doing the worker choreography with him. And
1: that's cool. And
0: that's so cool. And she wasn't involved in the beatdown, but she could have been. Yes, which like, once again, ah, yeah. right, good stuff. You can just see the, the Hades gives the order, and this NPC who your PCs love, their eyes go blank and they start beating the Tara. Oh, it's gonna be
2: so
1: good.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's horror, baby. Mm hmm. That's that's memory loss identity horror baby. Yeah. yeah. And just they're like how do we we don't want to fight this person. Yeah, ah, yeah, I'm not going to cast fireball <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sally the barmaid. Yes. <laughs> we had this sweet little flirty relationship with our uh-huh. with our like cleric. Yeah. So yeah, that's one way to just with the aging up older people you really want to engage with the potential existential horror of this set.
0: Yeah. The other thing is the thing that we were referring mm, yeah, to all. with you the need you need a content warning for existential. Yeah. Horror. The, yeah. So there is you know, what's it, they they don't come out and say mm-hmm. anything happened with Hades and you're in Eurydice. Like Patrick Page, the original Hades actor, is so like, guess it totally did. Yeah, but yeah. They, they don't they don't come out and say that it happened. It totally happened. No. Um and you you could have Hades being so much worse. Yeah. And yeah. again, this this was in earlier drafts a thing. Yeah, that yeah. Hades was just there were. you're gonna see was the latest in a long line. Yeah, of Girls yeah. that he brought down to Hades Town with promises mm-hmm. of like just fur
1: coats and, for nice coats cars and, and, and...
0: Yeah. F- f- shackle her from wrist to wrist with throwing silver bracelets mm-hmm. and Then he lost interest in them because they weren't Persephone. Mm. Yeah. So if you wanted to make Hades so much worse, you could do that.
1: Even in the play, there was the line where she's like, "I'm different," and the Fates say they all thought they were different. Yeah, yeah. And and that can be very much like, no, you're just the latest in a long line of. Special girl, little songbirds, birds, yeah, yeah, that he's brought was, down to Hades' town, and yeah. you sang for him, and now he's done with you. So now you're on the factory floor,
0: mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and you wait, yeah. you wait for a sand, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: mm. so that is the potentially much more adult thing you could bring in. Especially, you know, we are as a dark lord going with a more villainous spin on Hades, mm-hmm. and once again, the book we've mentioned, they even, Niles Mitchell even talks about the sort of difficulty of balancing. She wants Hades to be a character that's sort of redeemed at the end and fundamentally you, like, feel for, but that that was a very tricky balancing act.
0: Yeah, which is probably why she had to cut all that stuff because mm-hmm. I, I would not have been on board with Hades in that case.
1: <laughs> so we always have the aging down. We always have the aging up. But
2: I
0: have
1: an additional, like, yeah. variant to add. I'm talking about Eberron. Uh-huh. If you are one of those people that clicked on this because it was about Hadestown. you love Hadestown. you are kind of vaguely following this Dungeons and Dragons talk. <laughs> thank you um, for your service. And thank you for being with us. This is going to get real in the weeds.
0: I'm not going to understand a yeah. word of this either, if it helps. I'm, so, if, if it's not Ravenloft I'm, I, or Dragonlance, I'm out.
1: People that are like Eberron people, like, yes, I'm oversimplifying a lot. But just imagine that person I described right now. And I'm trying to make this in any way <laughs> comprehensible to them.
0: He's trying to make it comprehensible to me, there the listeners.
1: <laughs> Eberron is a Dungeons & Dragons setting. It's one of the worlds that they make books for in Dungeons & Dragons. And it's different. Most of the others are sort of random Renfair, medieval fantasy, right? Like the movie, if you saw, which you should, it's great. (laughs) Eberron, part of the pitch was it was a more steampunk. Yes, I know it's not technically a steampunk. Just just go with it. (laughs) It's a more steampunk setting. So it's a place where there is much more magic has become technological. So you have like airships powered by captured air elementals. So you have this version of the train called the lightning rail. It's basically magically powered, or you have, like, magical robots, basically. And so they're going for a much more 1920s, 30s, trying to bring in a lot of, like, noir mystery as an element, too. They're going for much more of a that, like, Magitech-flavored 1920s, 1930s kind of setting. And so there's an obvious connection there with Hadestown, right? Mm-hmm. Like, in Eberron, they have trains. In Eberron, they have factories. In Eberron, they have refineries. They have power grids. In Eberron, someone could conduct the electric city. <laughs> but also, what really makes Eberron useful as a potential source of Hades Town, I'm going to have a variant a sidebar, the idea that Hades Town, before it came into Ravenloft, was in Eberron, because in Eberron you have the world of fae, the world of the fairy, and the idea is these sort of like fairy domains have an arch and they're all based on stories. That's sort of they're they're the world of stories of fairy tales, basically, and that really fits this because this also starts with a story. It's myth. And it is, as they said, that core story, the cycle of the seed and the Mm sickle. So you could even imagine, like, if you had a world where stories would create these kind of pocket domains, Hades and Persephone would be one of them that would be that story that explains summer and winter and life and death and the planting and the harvesting and all of that sort of in that cycle of the seasons and that cycle of life. That's the story that explains that really core part of human existence. So I'm imagining an Eberron, one of those Fey domains. I'm going to call them face Spires. That's not technically correct. go with it. The Fae Spire <laughs> is this kind of land that is based on this story. But then they've mentioned in Eberron that if the story changes, the Fey domain changes too. Mm. That they are the sort of manifestation of the stories. And so that's what happened here. So mage. Yeah, it's very mage. The story changed. And maybe it was the story changed because of industrialization. Because we have this magical industrialization. Maybe it changed because this terrible war happened. the sort of Eberron equivalent of World War I happened. Maybe it changed because Hades changed. Right? That Very much that like well, wait, if the fey domain changes, does that change the story? Or does the story change the fey domain? Yes. Yes. Right? It, it, it's an impossible cause and effect to untangle It's Something happened that you had this fey domain, this fe Spire in Eberron, that was Hades and Persephone, that was an underground world and an above-ground world, and they were in harmony and they were in balance, and they were the cycle of the seed and the sickle, and then something black and dark and afraid moved into Hades' heart. And everything got messed up and it got pulled in a loft. So thank you for that Eberron sidebar. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was a lot of Dungeons & Dragons nonsense words. I love you very much. But it just it fits so well, the conception of the, fa- mm-hmm, of the face buyers mm-hmm. in Eberron. And it fits so perfectly that you had this really powerful archetypal myth story and then that archetypal myth story got corrupted
0: and even the idea that Orpheus is trying to restore the previous yes. archetypal myth story and that your PC is being Orpheus and this. trying
1: to restore yeah. the yeah the older story trying to bring the story back into harmony trying to bring the world back into rhythm mm-hmm. so thank you yeah <laughs> that this concludes my talk on Eberron
0: this concludes your Tom
2: talk
1: yes this concludes my Tom talk but if you're running Eberron you're welcome this is great you can do Hades Town aren't you glad you listened to my podcast <laughs> So we've talked about for younger players, which is do the show, older players do versions of the show, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Eberron players do the Eberron show, <laughs> and let's conclude all of those variants of the show with parting thoughts in a section like the call.
2: Parting thoughts.
1: So the first thing we like to do in parting thoughts is talk about the genre of horror. This is from Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, which, for our Hades Town listeners, if you're still with us, bless (laughs) you. This is the big current Dungeons and Dragons kind of guide to running horror games, and they talk about these different genres of horror. And for each of these kind of evil horror movie reality bubbles, like this one we've made of Hades Town, they give some of the genres of horror because Mm -hmm. that helps you kind of figure out how you want to run it, how you want to evoke the horror, what are the aesthetic signifiers, you know, gothic horror versus body horror, very different things. Yeah. So we really both really love that section. We think it's really useful even if you are just, you know, running any kind of horror game or making any kind of horror story. So we'd like to start with that. And I, I have two pretty clear I pretty. have
0: one pretty clear, so I'll, I'll start, and you can tell me what your other one is, because I'm sure that my one is one of your two. Oh uh, yeah, fire away. Disaster horror.
1: Disaster horror, yes. hundred percent. Disaster horror. It's almost we have these two spheres, these two sections of the domain,
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and disaster horror is a huge theme. You're gonna you're gonna have it the most present in the up top, yeah, because that is basically a post apocalyptic. Mm-hmm or apocalyptic, like, world. It's a world that is undergoing a kind of slow-motion apocalypse. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the tropes of disaster horror, you know, you have want, you have privation, and even you have the, like, people turning on each other when the chips are down. Mm -hmm. You have that suddenly nobody's friendly anymore, nobody's sharing anymore, you can't trust anyone. Mm -hmm. That paranoia, that kind of paranoia of people getting mean, people get mean when the chips are down. Yeah. And the chips are down.
0: But even down below, like yes. not as much, but you've got you know, because Hades is way cooler than the governor from The Walking yeah, Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he has similar DNA to the yes, governor from yes. The Walking Dead. The governor from The Walking Dead even talks about how important their walls are. Yeah, yeah. And like this is this is very much he fits the type yeah. of someone who has taken power mm. during a disaster war yes. story. Yes and has kind of leveraged that to make himself an absolute ruler.
1: Absolutely. No, 100% that that we have that, that the most clear, they're like people wandering around with shotguns and axes and fighting <laughs> over tins of beans <laughs> is going to be in the up top. Mm-hmm. But yes, Hades Town as they are imagining it is very much a disaster horror setting. Yeah. But yeah, that same premise of this is this closed community where physical needs are taken care of, but because of that fear and because of that want a dictator has taken power. Mm -hmm. And the dictator uses that fear and that want as a kind of, you know, a whip to drive the people or as a justification for the things they're doing. Mm -hmm. And in this case, we could even say on some level, Mr. Hades legitimately believes what he's doing is Mm -hmm. what's best for everyone. But the point is, why does he need to treat his people the way he does? Why does he
2: build the
0: wall? Why
1: does he build the wall? It's because the outside world is so bad. Yeah. Because the
0: enemy is poverty.
1: Yeah, there's so much hunger, there's so much want, there's so much need on the outside world. He needs to have this absolute control and absolute security of his town mm-hmm. for his children. Yeah. His children.
0: <laughs> so that was the only one where I was like, yes, to yes. this absolutely. I had yeah, a couple yeah, yeah. other possibilities, but nothing that I really was in love with. So what's your other
1: I'm mean, a psychological horror. Yeah. And that's specifically for the Hades town. Mm-hmm. The little memory loss yep. and the loss of identity.
0: I was debating between as as often happens mm. I was debating between psychological and cosmic uh-huh. um, because with psychological you know there's the memory loss there's the uh, like you know, losing yourself getting taken over by Hades being a cog in the machine. Uh-huh. As opposed to the cosmic, like, this is the way the world is, uh-huh. this is the way the universe is, the universe is broken mm-hmm. and cannot be fixed, and that's very cosmic horror, mm-hmm. but I think you're right, psychological is the way to go.
1: Psychological for me specifically, because this doesn't just happen because it's the way the universe is, it happens because of Hades. Like, yeah. this happens because you you signed the contract. Yeah, like, Hades yeah. Hades is doing this to yeah, you. Yeah, that's
0: fair, because yeah. I, I kind of was falling into cosmic right. because... In Hades, tone as written, Hades is a god and Persephone is yeah, a god, yeah. and this is the universe. But the version we're doing, they're just fae. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, the, you're right. They're translating to Yeah, yeah.
1: Or or even like when you bring the gods to that kind of Greek myth level mm-hmm. of just like really powerful people, mm-hmm. Or, like there isn't really uh, a, a, that sort of Ovid. They're they're just like powerful jerks mm-hmm. um, with magic. Like, I feel like you that technically go, oh, well, if they're gods, it's it's cosmics, it's the universe. But for me, it's like, no, that feels more like it's just a powerful wizard. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, like, every Hades is a god, but he could just be a powerful wizard.
2: Yeah. And it would be yeah. the same effect. Yeah.
1: So as we imagine, a powerful wizard is a potential replacement in our in our Hercules one. Mm-hmm. So that's why I would come down on psychological.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And
1: even yeah, if this like is that. happening to some people, not other people. Mm-hmm. This is not going to be happening to the PCs. Yeah. Unless you want it to happen to the PCs, which would be kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> might be kind of cool and dark.
0: Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Yeah, the because co- yeah. like with our other Hades domain, yes. um, which was a Hercules episode, uh-huh. if we had it that it's the domain of Greek tragedy right. and it's happening to everyone. Yes. And it yes. it's cosmic horror because everyone is getting pulled into this world of tragedy. fate. Yes. Yeah. Whereas in this yeah, it's only specifically mm-hmm. the people who mm-hmm. do this this thing. So yeah, okay, yeah. Take away right. cool, cool. Totally. Yep.
1: So, the next thing we'd like to talk about is what kind of game to run here. You have some of these settings, like your nerdy Dungeons and Dragons friends might have mentioned Barovia, Curse of Strahd, <laughs> that Strahd guy we mentioned. And that is, as they may have told you, a really long game. Yes. That is that is months and months and months and months and months of playing.
0: Possibly years.
1: Possibly years. You, you could do years of playing if you added some stuff in and you took your time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, of course, as you can imagine, it means there's lots of plot hooks. There's lots of events. There's lots of NPCs. There's lots of just threads to interact with. Then there's other of these settings that are really made for one adventure. So on the theme of the Railway Line to Hell, <laughs> there is a setting that's called Sire 1313, which is basically a ghost train. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You don't do years on the ghost train.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's only like, so much you can do on a train.
1: piercers under two hours.
0: Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. He'll be a happy choo-choo train until yeah. the day he dies, which is not going to be long from now because your PCs are going to come Right.
1: In. It's like this, this ghost train reality bubble domain exists to basically have one adventure. Your nerdy friends are going to meet and maybe like... One sitting, two sittings, three tops. Mm-hmm. They're gonna go through the ghost train, fight ghosts, and then get to like the front where the boss ghost is and mm-hmm. fight the boss ghost and maybe suplex the engine. Yeah. So that is in this I think this setting, Hades Town, with a space between Hades and town, by the way.
2: <laughs>
0: legally covering our yes. bases. Legal is similar to, but legally distinct from. from.
1: So a town that belongs to a the public domain Greek mythology character of Hades. Mm-hmm. So,
0: red carnations are public. Domain yeah, right. You can't
1: okay? copyright a red carnation. It's her fault for not having a more distinctive logo. <laughs> so, like a sad
0: girl in front of a flag. Right? Like. Yes,
1: <laughs> we, that, that we couldn't touch that. But um, this is one of those shorter, like one, two, three sitting. Like, Mm -hmm. one story. Mm -hmm. In in my opinion. This is one of those one-story domains. That this is... The the core adventure here, like, anything I can think of to do is going to be some variation of the play. Mm -hmm. It's going to be some variation of you are Orpheus and you are going to get a Eurydice or get Persephone.
0: Because with... Again, going back to our Hercules episode, with that one... You got the sense of this wider world of Greek mythology.
2: Yeah.
0: Whereas in Hades town you almost get a sense of the gutter wrong has happened. Yeah. And like yeah. Hades and Persephone and Hermes are the only ones left. Yeah. Like this world of Greek mythology has contracted mm-hmm. to this single point. So there aren't these millions of stories you can tell like here. The
1: only thing that matters in this setting is Hades and Persephone and Hades Town and top.
0: And that the gods have forgotten the Song of Thrones. And list. the
1: gods have forgotten the Song. It's the only thing that matters. The mm-hmm. only thing that's happening in this setting. If you're like, well, what are the economic implications mm-hmm. of Hades' mm-hmm. factories and who is he making these? Do-? It doesn't matter. No, no one cares. No. <laughs> it's yeah. Don't worry about it. that's not. You can't get stories out of that other than having a little bit of Hades Town flavor on a generic kind of fantasy mm-hmm. steampunky setting. It, you know, be, be your guest, but that's not going to feel Hades Town.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, a, a game. That feels Hades Town is going to be a variation of Hades Town. It's going to be that story. We yeah. both agree on that. So that core adventure is going to be: f- you're in up top, you have to go through the back road to Hades Town. We're gonna take it.
0: You do the Orpheus thing.
1: You do the Orpheus thing, and you're trying to get someone to come back with you. And it might mm-hmm. be a one of the workers, and it might be Persephone. Mm-hmm. But like that's that's it's it's that that's the story. Or it might be you don't get someone to return with you, but you persuade hades to let persephone go yeah like that's it those three options i mm-hmm. see so now the part if you stuck with us this this imagine this, this increasingly unlikely person i'm imagining <laughs> sticking with us the part you're definitely gonna mm-hmm. tune out mm-hmm. but for those of you our regular friends regular our listeners. regular listeners all right guys that's, that's, well, we that's, we know we, yeah.
0: we i know we've been directing a lot of this yeah. at Possible new people who just saw Hades Town and uh-huh. were like, "Oh boy, Hades No, we promise, we're here yeah. for you too. We're here for you too, our loyal listeners Here's... who might have seen this and said, "Wonderful World of Dark Lords says we should listen to Hades Town." I'm gonna do that now. We lo- we love you. We love you guys.
1: Also, you're welcome.
0: <laughs> for that, it's so good. It's so, it's good, so guys. good, Yeah, you're welcome. It's so good.
1: Support some Patreon for more great musical theater suggestions. <laughs> Something for you, a little treat for you guys. Rachel, is there a way I could, if I were running a, a, a game in the older second edition, third edition material, is there a way I could incorporate Hades Town in any of that?
0: There absolutely is. It's not as much as in some of the uh-huh. other domains we've talked about. Like, I th- think with Hercules, that went on for a while. Yeah. There's not as much as you could do with Hercules, but there is absolutely some stuff uh-huh. you can incorporate. With 80 sound. We've already mentioned that you could have a connection with Hermes and Isolde because in the new stuff, Isolde is just kind of like she's one of the regular, like, elf aladrin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the older material, she was a celestial aladrin. Mm -hmm. She was literally an angel. Mm -hmm. With old Asolda because she was an angel, you can have it be that she and Hermes know each other and they're friends. Yeah! Because Hermes is also an angel in this version. Uh-huh. So you could have it be, you know, if you're doing stuff with Carnival, she mentions Hermes. Or if you want to bring Carnival in later, Hermes mentions her. Or you could just have a Isolde fill the Hermes role.
1: That's the cool thing. Yeah.
0: If you want to have it be that there's this angel who kind of knows what's going on and wants to help you, but also has their own stuff that they need to handle, then a that could be filling that role because... She does want to help. She does want to make things better. And that's, you know, that's always been a thing of hers. That She doesn't just want to stop the caller. She also wants to make things better for the people of Ravenloft. Mm-hmm. So she wants to, you know, help you get a Eurydice out of Town. Mm-hmm. But she also has her own work she needs to do. You know, her primary goal is stopping the caller. So she's only going to give you a limited amount of help. So if you're doing a bunch of stuff with Carnival, Isolde can be the Hermes figure. And it'll be great.
1: And the nice thing here with Carnival, like... Carnival, absolutely. There is the medieval carnival tradition, mm-hmm. the medieval like fair tradition. You can do a complete like you know uh, uh, no tech, just mm-hmm. wagons and tents. Mm-hmm. But I think for a lot of people, the idea of a traveling carnival is a very twentieth century, yeah, like a very kind of. Which Vittori sounds out well, like it, it, mm-hmm. it, it. It's a a kind of symbolic space. And so that's the thing is, it, it's good one of those things where if you do a lot with Carnival, I think that's going to sag much more into this kind of steampunky Dust Bowl mm-hmm. setting more than some of the other things yeah, in yeah. and in canon, like core Ravenloaf. Mm-hmm. So it, it would just feel right if we're doing a lot mm-hmm. with Carnival, you would go to a place and there'd be a railroad station. Yeah. And there'd be like this, you know, bought the factories. Mm-hmm. And there would be like all of these signifiers of that kind of 20th century... Mythic space. Yeah, not gonna even write about mythic space. Um, (laughs) Mythic Americana.
0: Tom is a religious studies major. Yeah, he's got got thoughts. So that's the the most obvious way to Mm -hmm. bring like a pretty major part of Old Driven Love, Lauren. Now let's get into the Old Driven Love. Looks super obscure. Esoterica. (laughs) So for the fates and frankly I'm, I'm
1: so excited the script the, the, the outline just says furies Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited
0: listeners I'm a little embarrassed that I didn't mention this in our Hercules episode I apologize I'm bringing it in now
1: <laughs>
0: so I'm glad I saved it for now because it works beautifully for the fate. in second edition I don't remember which of the monstrous compendium appendices it was love you <laughs> I so love much. you too the actual monkey-flunking furies.
2: <laughs> Electo,
0: Tisiphani, and Megara. This is how I learned their names as a child, by the way, was from this monstrous compendium. Showed up, and they were NPCs, and the idea with them was, to simplify it, <laughs> <laughs> if somebody was on the path to darkness and trying to turn back... Then the furies would show up kind of as a scourge to sort of drive them forward into darkness. At 1st okay. kind of like. That's very Ravenloft. Yeah, yeah. They'd like, they'd like try to tempt them onwards at first, and if that didn't work, then they'd be like, okay, well, if we have to beat this lesson in you, then we'll beat uh-huh. it in you. And they would like, you know, attack you with their weapons, which could only, as I recall, damage someone who had like, done a certain number of evil acts.
1: <laughs> Something. <laughs> oh, it was a different time, folks.
0: Pa- I'm referring to power checks, my fellow grognards. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. I am. But um, so that works beautifully for the Fates, actually. Mm-hmm. That you had the Furies, kind of as these agents of corruption, as these agents of the dark powers, and there were even three of them. Nice. So, if you want to bring in that older material and conflate the two, then you even have stats for the Fury in second
1: edition
0: that you can give to the fates.
1: Check. Obscure. If you got obscure, deep cut <laughs> Ravenloft lore on your bingo card, check.
0: The last thing that we have here goes back to when I was talking about our good Dark Lords versus our bad mm. Dark Lords way back in the beginning of this episode. Mm. Which is Malus Sclerus.
1: Yeah, this guy. Mm-hmm,
0: this guy. So Malus Sclerus, if you have listened to our Lion King episode, which if you haven't and you're inspired to go back and listen to it, the sound quality is terrible because it's the first podcast yeah. we ever it recorded. It gets better fast, I promise. Yeah. But so Malus Sclerus was the guy whose daddy was a druid and didn't <laughs> pay enough attention <laughs> he
1: to He hugged it. trees, but never me. <laughs>
0: So he was like the Captain Planet villain Dark Lord <laughs> because he wanted to get back at daddy by having <laughs> as much pollution as possible.
1: The 90s were a, a heck of a yeah, time.
0: Anybody guys. who says OMG Watsy yeah. slash Hasbro has gotten too woke. Like literally. This is the TSR days. There was a
1: Captain Planet There was a Captain Planet villain Dark
0: Lord who like. Wanted to make more and more pollution constantly, and everyone who lived in the domain was explicitly white, blonde, and blue-eyed. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> so it was kind of these themes of pollution and environmental exploitation, mm-hmm. but done very heavy-handedly. Mm-hmm. And Hades Town is taking those same themes and doing them better. Mm. which is nice. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to have kind of an environmentalist domain, they do that sort of with New Hasline. New mm-hmm. Hasline is very much
1: the climate very domain. weird.
0: Yeah, New Hasline is a very weird domain. But if you want to have, like, the industrial hellscape domain mm-hmm. without bringing in Gnosis and Claris, yeah, yeah, whose daddy hugs trees but not him, then Hades time is a good way to do that.
1: Or if you didn't want the kind of underworld Hades and Persephone baggage...
0: Mm-hmm. You could
1: do a version of Gnosis.
0: Gnosis, yes. Gnosis yes.
1: with Malice Scleris. Yes. Uh, but with much more Hades motivation.
2: Mm,
0: yeah, like, yeah.
1: take a lot of what they do with Hades in this show. And just have him not be, like, his whole, like, past, like, the walled city Mm -hmm. where the people with the huge factories, and is legitimately, like, yes, outside the walls, the people are starving, the people Mm -hmm. are freezing, and I'm giving them security, and I'm giving them, you know, prosperity, and Mm -hmm. I'm giving them food and comfort and safety. Yeah. But is this horrible tyrant who just wants to basically rule over an enormous machine. Yeah. So... With those extremely obscure old Ravenloft (laughs) material, the last thing we'd like to talk about in this section is the strengths and challenges of running a game set in this domain. Strengths, it's great. I say that all the time, don't I? Um, you do, but... They're all great. We're, if, we're too good if at If we
0: didn't like the domain, then yeah, we wouldn't yeah. make the episode. That's like, kind, of, that's kind of the thing. Like, yes, yes, yeah. yes. It's like there are That's certain, very true. There are plenty of movies who are like, I guess we could make a domain out of this, but it wouldn't be very good, and we don't make those episodes. Yeah, yeah. So, like, we only give you the episode yeah. if we feel good about it, so...
1: You've got uh, a cool steampunky setting mm-hmm. that could be a nice change of pace. Mm-hmm. You've got a great Dark Lord... And the nice thing is the story, the descent and return to the underworld, means it's going to be a story very rooted in his psychology. Yes. Like this is one where kind of the story by its nature of the PCs going way, way down to Hades Town, mm-hmm. way down under the ground, mm-hmm. is going to get them engaged with Hades right away. Like he they're gonna get on his radar, he's gonna get involved. Mm-hmm. And the story is gonna involve getting into his psychology, mm-hmm. getting into his relationship with Persephone. Like whatever they're trying to accomplish involves in some ways punching him in the marriage. Yeah. And I, I speaking <laughs> of punching him in the marriage and not the face, I like that this is not going to be a boss fight qua boss fight. Mm-hmm. That to win you have to persuade him or trick him or, you know, just or offer him something he mm-hmm. wants. Or just it's a social, it, it's a social intellectual boss fight. But the really that the sort of cherry on top is isn't just going to be Talkie 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 talkie, and mm-hmm. the the player that plays a barbarian just likes to hit things is just sitting there the whole time totally asking thumbs. if they can hit Hades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I hit him, and everyone's like, no no, 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 he doesn't. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. <laughs> that with that dungeon crawl into the Hades town, going around the back way you can have as much combat in Dungeon Crawling as you want. Mm-hmm. So there's something for everyone here, yeah. like, your, your Barbarian gets to fight a Cerebus, and that's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Like, that's going to be, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, I beat a Cerebus, I punched him in all three of his heads. Like, the fighter used their double attack and then their action surge to hit mm-hmm. all three of Cerebus' heads. And then your more role-play, intellectual, social, emotional players get to also kind of save the day by persuading in some way Hades to, like, give them what they want. Yeah. To let them either take someone out or take Persephone out or let Persephone go at the normal point in time or something.
0: Yeah. Just be nicer to Persephone. Something.
1: What about the challenges?
0: The number one challenge, and it's a thing that I don't think we've mentioned yet, but it's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that to really feel like Hades Town slash the Orpheus myth slash Greek mythology in general, mm-hmm. it needs the bittersweet ending. Yes. We haven't really talked about Yeah, it's not even a bittersweet ending, it just sucks. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, just bitter. It's, just tragedy, bitter. it's a It's a sad yeah. song. It's not a bittersweet song, it's a sad yeah. song. So to really get the full Hades Town yeah, experience, yeah. you need to have that downer ending. Mm-hmm. And you can't really plan for that without being yeah, real right? Really. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, if your PCs are like 100% on board, we're doing the Orpheus myth. We're uh-huh. gonna look back. We know we're gonna look back, whether we mm. want to or not. We're gonna like our character. That that's what our characters would do in uh-huh. a good way. Um, then great. Otherwise, you might not get that full. Mm. It, so you, you need to know what your PCs want going in. Do they kind of want the Orpheus myth feel or
1: do they want to win? And the, this default of d d is winning mm-hmm. is is not having that loss of control mm-hmm. that kind of is inherent in the Orpheus looking back. Mm-hmm. So like, please like, don't do the everybody make a wisdom save. No, like, like, gosh, ah, no. That go- would be awful.
0: The one way to have that work is if your PCs are like I genuinely don't know whether I would look back or not. Yes. Because I could see that like with our group. Right. I could see that being the thing that happened with our group. I yes. genuinely don't know what I would do. Right. Okay, make a wisdom
1: save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't have the beard D. Don't be the D Because then you even have the like, you're like, Haha, the ha, the DC is 30. <laughs> and somebody's going to roll a natural 20. Yes. And what do you do? Yep, yep. Do you just say, well, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Then you're then you're basically telling them that you're cheating. Yeah. That yeah. it was a trick roll and that thing that could have rolled could have helped. Mm-hmm. Or do you kind of not have that moment by being, nope, you're good. If only Orpheus had been you, yeah, if only Orpheus yeah. had had your dice luck, mm-hmm. then everything would have been happy right if now. You,
0: it's just you said the DC at 30. You didn't plan for that moment. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: you know. So you could also potentially make it work if you let them know this was a specific... Condition if you let them know that sort of the deal Hades is making includes the kind of temp- supernatural temptation. Mm-hmm. And then it's the equivalent of like, oh, he's casting a spell on you. Yeah. And this is the save. I'm like, oh, okay. It's the save of the spell. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. not just like, you're walking, you're walking, you're walking, make a wish him safe and not look back. Like, mm-hmm. let them know this is something they're going to have to roll for yeah. if they take this deal.
0: Yeah. No matter what, though, it's going to be tricky. So. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. that's a
1: challenge. That's a challenge. Yeah. That's
0: that's Similarly, the climax is this social emotional climax, but it's about an NPC's yeah. like epiphany, mm-hmm. and this even apparently was a huge thing that they have constantly been struggling with through all the drafts of Hades Town, and in my opinion, never conquered that uh, Hades and Persephone are so much more interesting yeah, than Orpheus and Eurydice. So uh, this is kind of a story about the NPCs, which is always yeah. a problem because yeah. it should be about the PCs and if you're able to parallel it with the pc's right in the same way that Hades sounds sort of parallels I, Orpheus and Eurydice story with Hades and Persephone yeah i think that
1: is the genius of yeah. this mm-hmm. and this is going to sound like hyperbolic and dumb but this is like the this is a contribution to the canon of this myth mm-hmm. is specifically drawing that parallel between Orpheus and Eurydice between Hades and Persephone between the husband whose wife sort of leaves him, mm-hmm. who goes away from him, and who, like, journeys to get her back, and, like, what that means emotionally.
0: hmm If you don't have that parallel, yeah. then it's just kind of, like, okay, this is about doing marriage counseling for NPCs. uh uh-huh. Also, with it being this social-emotional climax, the D&D toolset is violence. Uh-huh. Like, that's, that's the default, is you're gonna go to, to
1: combat? About, like two-thirds of the stuff on your character sheet is about violence.
0: Yeah, and that's not ultimately what the story's about. Uh Even, like, violence isn't a solution in this story. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can't fireball Hades into submission. When the Hades town people are beating Orpheus down, he doesn't Mm. cast fireball. Mm. He's like a 20th-level bard. He can cast whatever he wants. He can cast power word kill. He's a 20th-level bard, but he doesn't. He just gets beaten down. And like so it's going to be difficult to emulate this, given the D&D skill set.
1: You you really need to have a group that's cool doing a lot of role playing and who's role playing enough to not have violence be their default solution Mm -hmm. to everything. Otherwise, it's gonna be a really jarring. Yeah. If yeah. these like heavily armed butt kickers, yeah. came into Hades Town, started, so they're like, I'm here to, to chew bubble gum and fight Hades, and I'm all out of bubble gum.
0: Yeah, like I've I've mentioned in previous episodes, like our group is very like role play heavy. We do all these big like politics sessions where maybe mm. the the only dice rolls that happen are. Deception mm-hmm. and insight and persuasion—that yeah, yeah, yeah. would be great for this party. If that's not your party, this yeah. might not be the same, uh, this might not be
1: the setting for them. As much true. as you love Hades Town, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is good for you, yes. But that might not be right for them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we've outlined the strengths, we have outlined the challenges. We hope that there are some people out there who are going to be able to take this and and get an inspiration to bring some Hades Town content to their group. That this is the right fit for them. This is the right fit for their group.
0: We hope, if nothing else, you've introduced some of our listeners to Hades Town yes. because we love it so much.
1: And, as I said, you're welcome. And if that is you, if you this is right for your group, if you run a Hadestown adventure, if you indeed have discovered Hadestown thanks to our podcast and want to thank us, <laughs> how can they tell us?
0: Well, you can email us at wonderfulworldofdarklords at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Tumblr at Wonderful World of Dark Lords, and I figured out what was going on on our Patreon. So you can also find us on Patreon at Wonderful World of Dark Lords. Great day! No numbers, just Wonderful World of Dark Lords. <laughs> it's a miracle. Praise Hades!
1: If you like the way that we adapted Hades Town and talked about some of the horrific potential of both the cosmic memory wipe and some of the real world stuff, I have a couple of adventures on DMs Guild where I've adapted horror movies and other things into 5e adventures. So if you just search for Tom Kohler or follow the link to the domain write-up, there's a free domain write-up on DMs Guild, follow the link to the domain write-up and just look for more by this author. Or if you like our consideration for how this wouldn't really work for kids, (laughs) um, then we also do have some resources on DMs Guild for running spooky or horror-themed games for younger players.
0: And... If you look at Town and you say, my goodness, they take this spooky mm-hmm. thing and give it rhyme and rhythm, and they mm-hmm. take this old story and put a fresh spin on it, then maybe you would like nursery rhymes rewritten to be about Halloween. Mm-hmm. In which case, you would like my book, Mother Ghost, Nursery Rhymes for Little Monsters, 13 Classic Nursery Rhymes, Rewritten with Halloween Twists.
1: I feel like the Venn diagram would overlap between... People that like Hades Town and people that like Halloween yeah. is not as absolute as people that like Dungeons and Dragons and people that <laughs> like Halloween, but it's there. It's, it's there. It's, it's, it's there. It, it exists. There's there's an overlap. Those two circles overlap.
0: So if you like the sound of Mary Mary Tall and Scary and mm-hmm. Wee Willie Werewolf, go check out my book. Also, if you like kind of stories that are sort of about these themes Ooh, yeah. of loss and like mm-hmm. toxic relationships. There's a reason this
1: this really appealed to Rachel.
0: Mm-hmm. Go to my website www.rachelkohler.com Check out word. yep, check out my short stories, specifically 99 Cent Dreams. I think uh-huh. you're going to love that one. Uh-huh. And yeah, that's, that's where all my short stories for adults are.
1: Until next time, thank you for listening. If you are one of our imaginary Hadestown only <laughs> Fans for the first time. You've made it this far. Good for you. I, I, I appreciate your stick to itness. And our other podcast, We'll Also about Dungeons and Dragons, also have a lot of really good, clever, interesting insights into Disney movies, which statistically you are a fan of.
2: <laughs> But
1: for those of you who are just joining us, for those of you longtime listeners who may be about to discover Hadestown, for those of you longtime listeners who already liked Hadestown and were super excited when you saw this, thank you for listening, whoever yes. you are and happy gaming.
0: Parting thoughts. By all reports, Hadestown is a trap. Mr. Hades builds his massive wall to protect his wife and his children from the outside world, which means protecting them from leaving him. I can only hope those disgusting witches do not follow me on the next leg of my journey. But from what I have heard, there is little room for their brand of vague mysticism in the lights, machines, and chaos of San Francisco. Regards, D.
3: Until now, I have only learned the Hades town from bardic ballads and legends. Frustratingly, there has been sparse evidence of its existence. No doubt the little Aladrin keeps the truth of his empire close to his chest. For who among the living would willingly delve into the depths of Hades Town if they knew the truth? My servant is resourceful, or perhaps simply fortunate, to encounter a soul that escaped Mr. Hades' grasp and was brave enough to share her tale. One would think that mindless undead would be preferable for the purpose of a continuous, remedial labor required to construct a massive wall. After all, a horde of zombies care not for worldly comforts. Yet, Hades utilizes people that must eat, drink, and waste countless hours each evening in deep sleep to survive. Perhaps he requires one in possession of a soul to power some unseen element of his empire. Or he simply desires control and power over those beneath him. The wall, as my servant astutely observed, is to keep his subjects within Hades Town and is the symbol of Hades' control. As long as he can force them to build it, his children cannot leave him. Hades' town is far from the only realm within the mist that is lorded over by an insecure, overgrown child unable to let go of the one they claim to love. Bah! Hades may distract himself with colorful songbirds, but he shall never realize it is the warmth of Persephone that his people crave, not the cold grip of winter. Of course, as is the design of these misty prisons, He craves the same.
0: This has been The Wonderful World of Dark Lords. We have no affiliation with Disney or Wizards of the Coast. All music recordings used in this episode are in the public domain and were obtained through museopen.org. Titles and links are in the show notes. Dialogue for Yensid was written by Asalyn Rex himself, who you can follow on Tumblr at DarkLordAsalyn. The Wonderful World of Dark Lord's logo was designed by Haylight Jones. You can find links to their work in the show notes. If you'd like to support the show, look for us on Patreon.com or find our tip jar on Red Circle. Thanks for listening! Now Danny was a frightened young girl but hid her fear down where she could ignore she tried to pit herself against the world to show it couldn't scare her anymore